death is all around the party. As we oh. enter one of the ultimate sessions of the Tomb of Annihilation campaign, the Cradle of the Death God. Welcome everybody, how do you feel? Um, really like to have a word with the uh, people in charge of the names of this place. You know, I'm I'm not saying they're not accurate because they are. They really are. I'm just <laughs> saying we could really benefit from like the floor of you know cushy things or, or the, the room, room of, of rainbows nice and smiles and uh, sunshine. You know, the, the room or the of healing the... pond of rejuvenation. Yeah, or you know, just like the the nice floor of smooth jazz and pillow talk. It's it's there's a million and one other <laughs> wonderful things except for the various hells we've taken on so far just anything would be fantastic right now that's that's fair enough um well last week you journeyed through the gears of hate level five and this late in the dungeon you finally started learning that not everything needs to be examined and you bypassed several potentially very dangerous traps uh, discovered the secret of the level that a Aboleth lurks in the vast underground lake and managed to find the skeleton key without fighting the Aboleth. Although you alerted him to your presence, you managed to find a roundabout way through the level without having to negotiate the gears of hate themselves and only barely escaped an encounter with the Aboleth as he launched himself out of the water and brought one of the corridors crashing down behind you, but aside from that, you managed to evade his notice, and you quickly yeah. dispatched the skeleton key when you found him, collecting his oddly deformed key-shaped skull for the final time. And in a riveting battle with deep with devils summoned from the nine gods, you managed to prevail and triumph, although your unlikely companion, Lukanu, perished on the horns of a barbed devil. I'd say we didn't try. That said, you did uh, manage to in the aftermath of the battle, an artifact, the chalice of Kakagre, which allows you one use of the wish spell. Once yeah, you just fill the it wine. with a certain amount of very expensive wine, which to be fair, you can't acquire now in the dungeon, but once you get out, the universe shall tremble before your power. Yay. So, here we resume today. You are in the room of the you are in the room of the Mastodon God, the great golden Mastodon statue towering over you as you lean against the walls covered in murals of the Mastodon riding warrior, charging hordes of devils, catching your breath tending to your wounds silently mourning the passing of Lukanu in the aftermath of that intense battle 
What would you like to do first? Cry. That's entirely fair. <laughs> Considering yep. we just had multiple devils, someone died, and multiple of us nearly went down. Yeah. So, who is looking the most wounded? Like, the no. most injured? Wait, we aren't having a long rest before we go any further well, down? Before we do, I've got to... Zimhorn would like to attempt something. Uh, I'm not sure because I just... When we said we were levelling up, I just upped everyone's health again. Yes. Same. For those who, for those who missed last week's abortion of an episode where we had our bear issues and audio issues and so I didn't even bother actually editing the episode to go on <laughs> YouTube or the podcast channels. Uh, mm. After defeating the skeleton champion and surviving the onslaught of the Devils from the Nine House, the party leveled up. Hey. I did what cost? <laughs> <laughs> so Zinor is just going to look at whoever looks the most injured. Let's just say. Actually, um, I think it might have been Ava. I believe Ava went down. Yeah, she did go down True. multiple times. Yes. Um, yeah. He's going to have a moment, sit down next to the Macedon and just like talk to the vine and say, um, you know, you, you two have become uh, very much a part of this party. You've assisted uh, us in many different ways. But there is one thing I would like to try and it might, uh, I'm not sure how exactly it's going to uh, work out, but it's got, you know, I was going to get the vine to extend out and touch Ava. Your vine, going, yep, I was just yep. going to say your vine nods and listens to what you have to say and then it looks around at the murals uh, painting the walls of devils charging the Mastodon Rider. It shudders as it remembers the battle you just fought, the devils emerging from those murals and setting upon you. And then you see the end of it sort of, you see the end of it sort of snake up and down in a mimic of a nod. And if it had a face, you think it would be smiling because you hear the voice say, well, if that certainly was not a... T if that was not a test of our valour, I don't know what was. And so, I appreciate your words, Master Zinhorn. Get the vine to go and touch Ava. And then, channeling through the vine, wants to attempt a level one cure wounds through the vine touching Ava. The vine nods as you as you silently as you silently prepare the spell and it snakes out of your hands and it touches Ava who's just crouching at the head of the Mastodon statue, her wings clutched to her bloodied torso, and the vine snakes its head around her right shoulder. And if you cast Cure Wounds, you see the magic flow through the vine, and the vine itself whispers, Rest and be well, Valiant Ava, as the magic 
blossoms from the end of the vine, healing Ava. Please go ahead and roll how much she heals. Uh, that is a d8 plus 5. That is 8 points of healing. 8 points of healing. And Xenon goes, well, that could definitely come in handy, knowing that knowing that he can channel through the vines for the healing. Anything for our valiant companions, says your vine, as he slowly snakes back across the floor to your arm. And on the other side of the room, the vine that's attached to Bobbit's stump just raises what would pass as its head and shrugs, jerking the end of itself in the air. And the voice says, oh, big deal, big deal. We can heal people now. Oh, show off. Uh, so that's step one of the plan. It's... <laughs> Step two, if we're about to go for a long rest, step two of the plan, Xenhorn's going to... Uh, let me... where am I... there... there it is. And it's going to uh, sit down and start casting, doing the ten minute ritual of, for the Hero's Feast. Ah. Ooh, very nice. And what a... What a great place to cast it. This room, of course, is a shrine to uh, the great Omuan warrior Chakakagre, who charged hordes of devils astride his mastodon in the Nine Helms, and who, at the end of last session, congratulated you on your valor by offering his chalice as a reward. And so, as Zinhorn sits down and recites the words, seems as if the murals on the walls come to life the faded the faded colors start to grow brighter and the images of courageous battle grow more detailed and vibrant to your eyes and then the room is filled with the mouth-watering aroma of a grand hero's feast that suddenly appears scattered across the stone floor. Many succulent meals groaning on gold, on solid gold plates and bowls with fine, with, with fine steel cutlery neatly arranged by each morsel. Roast boar, roast chicken, choice cuts of beef and mutton, fresh vegetables and fruit, so fresh that you can still see water, you can still see droplets of water rolling down their skin. And then you dig in. I was going to say, imagine Bobby, who up to this point hasn't really said or done anything since the fight, just without a word, just walks over and just starts inhaling food at a rapid pace. Yep. <laughs> so everyone is now cured of all diseases and poison, becomes immune yeah. to poison and being frightened. Ooh, a frightened Ooh. one works for me. I'll take the that's, frightened. Yep. That's nice. All wisdom saving throws are made with advantage. Oh, okay, I'm going to write this all down because... Uh, yeah. <laughs> immune, <laughs> poison, and fear. 
uh, advantage with saves. And everyone gains two plus two d ten temporary hit points. Yep. Which I'll, oh, which I'll Four. roll now for twenty four hours. Fourteen hit points to your maximum, everybody. Oh, uh, is it temporary or to yeah uh, temporary yeah, temporary, temporary. Yeah, okay. yep. hit points? How much is speed? Fourteen. Fourteen. Yes. And so, seated around in a circle around this feast, strewn across the blood-soaked stone floor, you all dig in, and for the next hour you make merry, enjoying the finest food you've eaten in months, and for once, letting the horrors of the tomb slip from your mind as you... Eat, drink, laugh, and joke with one another. The effects are for 24 hours. Yep. That's amazing. An hour passes, and the food you have not consumed, and might I point out that there is quite a bit as this feast can feed up to 12 creatures. Suddenly, (laughs) blinks and then disappears and the air of triumph is gone as you lie there on the floor full and content but then the atmosphere of the tomb sets in once again you remember where you are and what must come well you've had a hero's feast and you're feeling nice and full and bloated, so I suppose you'd like to take a long rest now? Yeah, a long rest would be uh, beneficial. <laughs> I've, I've yeah. done all my, my plans. <laughs> <laughs> Unless someone else has something they'd like to do. Um, no, I'll sit there before everyone else is asleep. <laughs> and so, um. your belly's full to near bursting. You simply lie down on the stone floor. You don't bother to get out any sleeping, any bed rolls or sleeping bags. You just lie down on the floor, close your eyes and wallow in the contentment and surprisingly quickly sleep comes. And perhaps from the hero's feast, you sleep peacefully, not bothered by nightmares or restless dreams. Bob, there was something you wished to do while the others were resting? Well, yeah, because Bobbitt, uh, well, I suppose he'll probably find out once he's done with his four-hour trance, but Bobbitt doesn't actually go to sleep. The entire night, Bobbitt just sort of, well, for a long time, Bobbitt sits there quietly just trying to think about everything that's happened so far. And then probably a little while before everyone else wakes up, we'll go over to the still lying there corpse of our former quote-unquote companion and... I assume I have, like, jars and stuff on my person. Indeed you do. Or at least containers. Yeah. I will use one of those just to collect some uh, blood from her while everyone else is asleep, because, you know, less questions, the better. Yep. So while everyone else is sleeping and snoring heartily after the hero's feast, while Zinhorn sits cross-legged at the feet of the Mastodon in trance, Bobbit, you get up from the floor and you make your way over to where Lucanu's 
broken body lies at the entrance of the room. You retrieve one of your jars and you start to scoop some of her blood off the stone floor and off her corpse itself until you've filled an entire jar with it. As you're done, you see movement out of the corner of your eye. You see Zinhorn straightening himself as he stands up, finishing his trance. And Zinhorn, you see Bobbit holding a jar of blood, fresh blood that she has just extracted from Lucano's corpse. Just watches curiously as to see what Bobbit has uh, in store for us. Bobbit just sort of looks over and kind of without saying a word just shuffles back over to where most of her stuff is and then just sits down. Doesn't go to sleep though, just sits there and sort of just staring off into space for a while. Onyx wakes up about an hour before we're going to leave and changes his attunement on some items. Yeah, I've done that with mine as well. Although, I do need to ask, I think we may have misread the ghost lantern. Oh. Go ahead. Uh, unless you've actually purposely changed this, but it says casting at a spell, evil and good spell, on the lantern releases the spirit to the afterlife. I don't think that means that it casts the spell. Oh, um... Or did yeah. you add something? I did add that it would cast oh, the spell Oh, you added it? Yeah, I was buffing it a bit. Oh, okay, okay. I had never written that, wrote that down, so I'll just add that now. I did slightly change it. Yep, okay. Um, and cast... I thought that was probably. I thought. I thought. You know, it, you considering what you went through to get it. That. No, that's that's. Yeah. Fine. I, I just didn't realize. Yeah, I just didn't realize that you'd um, actually changed it. That's all. Um. So, uh, you've all finished your long rest, and after you awaken, the lingering effects of the hero's feast have long gone, and you awaken feeling once again that familiar sense of dread as the overwhelming darkness and anxiety prevalent everywhere you go and this place begins to press down upon you once more. Yay! Still do the... uh usual spells for the day before we get moving. Yep. I'm just sort of having a look through my spells, making sure I don't want to swap any out. Aside from that, is there anything else you'd like to do before you head down the narrow stone stairway to level 6 that you uncovered last week? Uh, I need to actually look up a spell for Ava to see how long it lasts. Oh, it only lasts one hour. Stuff that. Don't worry about it then. Oh, hold on. Maybe this one that she got with her. Uh, concentration up to an hour. Oh, goddammit. Everything's concentration up to an hour. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. I never picked another spell for her. Whatever, I don't care. She's a ranger. <laughs> 
Mm. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. Spells are not yeah. the main function of Yeah, that. spells are not her main thing. <laughs> I was going to say, we did determine it's just a stairway that leads downstairs, right? Yeah, it went down into the darkness. Um, but it, it didn't appear to be trapped or anything. Although Zinhorn okay. wasn't able to see what awaited at the bottom as it was swallowed up in darkness and you'd have to descend further down. Fair enough. And so, as you begin to make your way through, back through the narrow stone corridors, hearing once again the sounds of running water, the great underground lake, and the constant drone of heavy machinery in the walls of this vast cavern. I would like you all to make a perception check. This will be a listening check, please. Okay, so oh wait, I get advantage with that. Yes. Metal for me. Okay, let's see. Was this a perception? Did you say sorry? Yes, please. Nineteen. Fifteen. It was just a normal roll? Yep. Uh, Onyx got a three, and Ava got a thirteen. Okay, so, uh, Zinhorn and Bobbit, as you were crossing the stone bridge that leads from the room of the Mastodon to one of the Gears of Hate, you hear... At first, nothing but the ever-present sounds of the machinery. But then, just beyond it, just beyond the din of clashing metal and stone, hear what sounds like a gurgle in the water, followed by a followed by the sound of rushing liquid and then a loud splash to your left the aboleth comes tearing out of the water his great worm-like form barreling through the air his tooth his toothy more open as he shouts come and play as he barrels Just- towards you and you I just would... wouldn't let us leave without fighting this stupid thing, did you? Oh no, you don't have to fight mm. it, but <laughs> um, he still knows you're on the level, so he's going to be looking for you. I would ask everybody to please make a deck save. Ava, Sir Lucian, and Onyx will do it with disadvantage. Okay, Ava first. That is an unnatural 20. I hate that you said with disadvantage because one of those rolls was an 18 plus 9. Uh, uh, 19. Sorry. 16 for Ava. And 13 for Onyx. 13 for Onyx, okay. Uh, how did Zinhorn and Bobbit go? Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Uh, 19. 19, alright, I will. Roll for Sir Lucian. Fail for Sir Lucian. You start to scramble for the gear-shaped room ahead of you. You'll be able to hide from the Aboleth as he 
leaps out of the water over the bridge and swings his great tree trunk like tail towards you as he passes over. Bobbit and Zinhorn, you've managed to escape. Run ahead, you duck underneath the great worm like creature and scramble into the gear shaped room filled with mahogany wardrobes. The rest of you, however, take the full force of the Aboleth's tail attack as he strikes you on his way back into the underground lake. And so, Ava, Onyx, and Sir Lucian each take, and will each be subjected to a tail attack. Yay! So that is a non-nat 28 hit. Damn it. It's all three of you, and you take 25 points of bludgeoning damage. So that would come down to about 9. 11. 11. Well. Wait, hold on. So what did you say? 24? 25. Take away 14. Yeah, 11. 11. Yeah. Well. Okay. uh, That was nice while lasted. 38. (laughs) Uh, 95. That's why we can't have nice things. The great creature splashes once again into the water, and you take this chance. You scramble to your feet and run ahead, joining Bobbit and Zinhorn in the gear-shaped room. You peer through the entrance to the room and watch the great shadow of the Aboleth descend into the depths. And then, when you're sure he's gone far enough, you run across the room, popping out again on the northernmost bridge that separates the Gears of Hate from the Corridor of Decay and the staircase to the lower level. I would like you all to once again make perception checks. It's still based on sound? Still based on sound. Okay. 24. 16. 16. Uh, 16 for Onyx and 10 for Ava. Okay, I'll roll for Sir Lucian again. That's a pass for Sir Lucian. So not daring to let your guard down as you run across the bridge, you hone your ears and sure enough you hear that sound of surging liquid you turn to your right and see ripples on the surface of the water as the shadow grows larger and larger and splash the aboleth leaps out once again flying over the bridge attempting to hit you with his tail i would like everybody to make a deck save ava will do a disadvantage please if I pass, can I cast a spell? Yes. Instead of trying to dodge it? Yes, though that would put you what? in risk of actually taking the attack. Yeah. There's a net 20 this time on the dex check. Yep. So uh, 23 overall. Fuck it. I'm going to take the attack, but I want to cast a spell. Um, Ava's dex check with disadvantage oh, is a 13. Yep. So Lucian surprisingly agile more agile than you 
usually see him just runs ahead as the thing leaps out of the water. So what spell would you like to cast, Onyx? I want to cast Lightning Bolt. On the I took it last... Yeah, I took it last... Oh, uh, I'm not... I'm not uh, gonna lie, I had that scroll in my pocket and I was tempted to use it on this yep. bastard. So I would how... like to... It's a dexterity saving throw, but I asked if I could shoot it at him while he was in yep, the well, air. Yep, yep, if you pass the um, dex save, which was uh, DC 14, then yes, you Yes, yeah. I got a 16. Uh, how um, did Zinhorn go? Um, Zinhorn oh, dex check, sorry. 24 for the dex save, and yep. was going to, like, if he could do a cast a thunder wave when the single uh, Nice. Yeah. And how did Ava go? Uh, Ava got a 13, and I got a 15, sorry. Yep. Very well. So as he flies towards you, Ava is going to be subjected to the attack, and then you'll get your spells off. Yep. So that is a nat 20 on his tail. Uh, can, she has the armor that... Does she have yep. the armor? Uh, she does have the armor to yep. resist crit hits. So she takes 11 points of bludgeoning damage as the tip of his tail slams into the core of her body. Meanwhile, Zinhorn and Onyx have their hands crackling with... Ah, uh, thunder and lightning, and they unleash. I want to use transmuted spell, which I took because I got a got to level eight, so I changed one of my meta magics and changed it into cold damage. Cold, yep. So the Aboleth uh, has rolled a seven on his dex save. That's a fail. Oh, uh, yeah, mine was a dex. Yeah. Yep. So go ahead and roll your damage. 8d6, how many d6 do I have on me? I know I have one more here, so that's 5 and then I'll... Where's the d4s, Jesus Christ? Ah, uh, you know what, I don't have 8, I'm just gonna fucking type it out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, is it dead yet? Do we win? Can we go home? Uh, 27 cold damage. 27 cold damage and Zinhorn, your thunder wave. Yep. Uh, con save. Yep, he's going to roll a cot save now. Let us see how he goes. That is a 9. So he fails, so that is uh, 10 points of damage. Yep. And send flying. Yep. So as he start, as he sails over the bridge, unleash your spells. The air crackles with lightning and a great roar of thunder claps through the cabin. You hit the Aboleth, blasting him back into the water. As he falls into the water, you hear him shout, No! I just wanted to play! He splashes into the water, and the great shadow quickly descends into the depths until it vanishes out of eyeshot. That was worth it. You take... I was say, probably just probably just mutters to herself going, Bobbit likes playing too, but this isn't the time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you take this chance, you don't wait for him to come back. 
Onyx, you grab Ava by the hand and run into the hallway ahead as Zinhorn follows behind. The coast is clear. You descend the staircase, make your way through the piles of rusted coins, old potion bottles, and scraps of armour until you come to the narrow staircase that leads deeper into the depths of the dungeon. You all take a deep breath, steel yourselves, and descend to the cradle of the Death God. Allow me to get the proper map up. Uh, Here is what... The descent down the staircase takes approximately 15 minutes. It seems to go on and on. It is the longest staircase you've found in the tomb thus far. The sixth level, you think, must be so far underground that it is almost entirely divorced from the rest of the dungeon. Anywhere else, anywhere else, these depths would be classed as the Underdark. Mm-hmm. Green smoke bellows out from a bronze cauldron in the middle of this 20-foot high vaulted hall. Barely visible through the haze are three rocking chairs, several workbenches heaped with haberdashery, a spinning wheel, and a rusty iron cage containing uh, the silhouette of a small humanoid figure cowering behind the bars and peering at you through the green smoke. Galleries stand ten feet above the floor to either side of the room. Uh, would you like to, what would you like to do? Descend further in? Well, you said we saw someone standing somewhere, didn't you? Yes, in a cage. Oh, oh in a cage, okay. Hey, um, um, hey guys. Yeah, we do. Uh, Would you it's like? It's yep. what the situation's uh, like because I just can't see it, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a so it's a big rectangular shaped room, and there's two balconies on the left and right side. They're about five feet higher. The un- the the middle of the room, the level that you're on, is filled with green smoke and you can make out some rocking chairs some tables and workbenches scattered around but there is also a cage in the mist and there appears to be someone in the cage uh, staring towards you ooh uh, should we attempt to approach it it's up to you guys what do you want to do <sighs> The smoke's coming from the cauldron. Yes, there's a cauldron in the middle of the room. You don't know what you don't know what's in it, but you can hear it bubbling and it's letting out a constant torrent of green smoke. The smoke doesn't appear to be poisonous as standing at the bottom of the staircase, you're already pretty much submerged in it, and it has a very odd, almost fleshy smell. But inhaling it doesn't seem to cause any discomfort or any other effects. 
Can Ava do like do a detection of? Does she have the right piece of capability to at least identify visiting common tropes? That's pretty from her existing knowledge. Of yeah, what? try to identify oh. the the smoke. Yeah, if Ava wants to do that, she can make a nature check. Sure. Um. So, can she incorporate her herbalism kit? Yes, she can. So, does that do anything to my roll, or? Uh, yes, she may add. Uh, she may do it with advantage. Okay. Uh, that is seventeen plus seven, twenty-four. Ava raises her head and sniffs the smoky air, and she informs you that. As far as she's aware, it seems to be normal smoke. It's not poisonous. She can smell the hint of several herbs. She does inform you, though, that these are herbs that would not normally be used in any mixtures she's familiar with. It's not... They're not healing herbs, and they're also not poisons. If this is indeed some kind of magical mixture, she's unsure of what it is. But she does confirm that the smoke appears to be harmless. Okay, with that, I will be sorry, but I'll be right back. Yep. Mm. Is it possible for us just to push the cauldron over and lead? Does does the person look like they're in danger at all? Well, they're cowering in the cage, but until you get closer to the cage, you can't see them properly. So, um, Robert is going to approach the cage. Yep. So mm. the rest of uh, Zinhorn, you, would you like to just follow behind Bobbit, or are you staying at the entrance to the room? Following, but very cautiously, keeping an eye out. Yep. So as you make your way further into the smoke-filled room, as you approach the cage, you're actually able to get a better look at the two galleries above. Zinhorn, with your passive perception, you notice that five wooden doors are set into the walls of the galleries, each carved with a geometric symbol, a triangle, a square, pentagon, a hexagon, and an octagon. And would these by any chance uh, represent our keys that we found? Indeed. If indeed, each of these shapes is roughly correlated to the shape of each of the five skeleton keys that you have. Hmm. You finally make your way to the cage. A heavy padlock secures the gate of the rusted cage, inside which a naked figure cowers under a blood-stained blanket. Did you say cowers or towers? Cowers. Cowers under a blood-stained blanket. As as this figure hears you approaching, you just see the bulge under the blanket uh, shuffling and moving, but it doesn't reveal itself, nor does it make any noise. Hmm. The plot thickens. Uh, I'll just walk up. Still keep my distance. So I'm not like right next to the cage, but I will sort of just peek and just sort of go. Um, hello there. Hi. The blanket twitches and 
a very familiar voice that you can't quite place this second as it's sort of as it's distorted by the constant hiss of smoke from the cauldron and the bubbling of whatever liquid is within says hello bobbit long time no see do i have to roll anything to recognize this voice you can make uh you can make a listen uh, perception check if you like. Oh, uh, I've been doing it for hearing. That's uh, a sixteen. Your heart leaps into your throat as you can't be one hundred percent certain as the as the voice is still nearly drowned out by the constant hiss of smoke from the cauldron. But it sounds like the voice of Bulbisaur. Oh. Oh god. Oh. Is anyone actually. Is anyone with Bobbit at this point? Are yep, they all looking yep, elsewhere in the room? Lucian are with you. Um, Onyx and Ava are <laughs> with you. Well, the cave yeah. is on the way to the cauldron, so <laughs> if anyone's heading to the cauldron, oh. they're still following you to the cage. Yeah, well, there's just a very, very, very quiet pause. And then Bubba just leans in a little bit closer and goes, Bulb? The bundle under the blanket shuffles and says, I, I think I remember being Bulb. And I remember how you got me into this situation. The voice suddenly drips with venom. <laughs> what? We we came here together. You what, what are you talking about, Bob? Take one of my feathers, says the voice. No. <laughs> no. 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 That was an accident. Bubba didn't mean for that to happen. What do you... Who? who? The night hags? They can't be here. They're supposed to be halfway across... across Chold, aren't they? Where even are they? The blanket, what are you talking about? The blanket... Blanketed bundle shuffles again, and then the voice, growing even lower, says... Oh, they told me all about you, Bobbit. You and the others. Oh, I had the wool pulled away from under my eyes, and now I see it as it truly is. You're not here to destroy the soul monger. You work for it. You oh. are Rusna Sea. <laughs> Technically not wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bobbit is basically falls back from the cage and is just in shock at this point. There's like tears in her eyes at this point. Is what does she even say to that? Please tell me someone else is hearing this conversation. Yeah, everyone else can hear it. <laughs> Onyx doesn't know what's happening because the last he remembers Bob yeah. was a Azma lizard folk. Yeah. Hmm. I really don't know how Ava would react. <laughs> Ava is mm. just, I, I imagine Ava is just, her eyes have gone wide and she looks between the cage and Bobbit and she says, no, Bob, that's wrong. Bobbit's, Bobbit's always been our friend. 
there's no response from within the cage. We, we came down here to save you if we, we want to stop the Soulmonger. How, how are you? Robert's actually going to be like looking at her like pockets and going, how did you get he here? The blanket shuffles once again and then slowly the bundle begins to make its way into a standing position. The bloodstained blanket falls free, revealing underneath bulb I saw, but he is shorter and scrawnier, his facial features distorted, out of place, the wrong size, and his body tarnished with burns, brands, pockmarked with blood and mud. This creature, whatever it is, stares at you, its deformed owl eyes narrowing, and it says nothing. Oh, so this is like Bobbit's absolute worst nightmare then. Yes. <laughs> cool, I'm really glad Bobbit has immunity to being frightened, but goddamn if this doesn't just rock her right at her soul. So, over to everyone else to work out a plan, because Bobbit's freaking the fuck out. If you wish to let Bulb out of the cage, the padlock does look quite easy to pick or yep, smash. But Bobbit knows full well that she still has bulb's actual body on her yes. like she's had it the entire time so bob it's freaking out but then there's a shift in demeanor what was that what do you do m1 throw a rock at the cage yep hmm. so lucian looks down to the looks down and squints through the smoke and then he bends over and picks up a small piece of debris off the Floor, and staring at this horrible thing in the cage, he hurls the debris at it. The debris flies through the bars and hits the mm -hmm. hits bulb in the cage, and it clatters to the floor, leaving a splotch of blood on bulb's deformed mm -hmm. face. The creature simply looks at Lucy, and its eyes narrowing further, and it says, "Oh, oh, you just wait, you'll." Pay for that. Oh, I'm getting my sword ready. This person is a die. <laughs> By order of king, your execution is imminent. What? What are you talking about? It's I me. Mean, it's. Bobbit mm. looks back at the cage, Somebody, tries to get in between. Bobbit gets. Oh. Yeah. Instantly, Bobbit's eyes snap from yellow to red as Alessandra turns around, going, "Really." You're going to tell me about the terms of things being demonic. Pipe down for a moment. <laughs> oh, listen up, frog ears. And... Makes no difference. That thing is evil. You're an evil I can contend with. That is just evil. Yes, evil. Lucian has a point. Whatever's in the cage, it is not bold. It's not natural. Okay. Another rock. Yeah. yeah. Lucian reaches once again to the and he hurls a slightly bigger piece of debris into the cage and clatters off the emaciated bulb's torso and once again the creature narrows its eyes and says, Ooh, ooh, 
they will write about you. You from day one have had the biggest rod up your nether regions, and I've been (laughs) waiting for the chance. (laughs) You have to be my ego! It's much bigger than any nether rod can reach! Um, oh, we've we've, we've, so we've Lucian's utterance of it's evil. Onyx ears perk up and he gets his blade and shield and activates the blade. Very well. Yeah, no mercy to evildoers. So, so as soon as someone said it's evil. Would you like <laughs> Smash I was going to say, how's that going to work with Bobbit though? Because Lucian technically said that Bobbit's evil as well. Yeah, but Lucian said Bobbit's an evil we can contend with. Mm. Uh, can I get up the largest boulder I can find and physically Jesus pick up Christ, the Christ, <laughs> There's <laughs> only, unfortunately, there's only like little hand, hand size. I gather as much as I can of those and just pepper spray this thing. Did Bolt do something to you when I was playing him? No, he's just—he's just just freaked out by whatever you are. This is more evil. So I want to gather up as many rocks as possible. You have a sword for fuck's sake! As as Lucian starts Mm. to gather up a handful of rocks, and Onyx activates his sunblade, the blade of radiant light coming to life, and dispelling some of the smoke around you as Onyx moves towards the cage. You hear a high-pitched voice from somewhere in the room call out, No! You're wasting time! Pardon me? Three tiny figures waddle towards you through the smoky haze. A straw doll with rusty pins sticking into its body. A faceless child moulded from clay, and a stuffed monkey with the lower body of a unicycle. The straw doll says, You need to run away! The Soon sisters will be back any moment! I'm gonna put a picture in the Discord. What? The who? Great, Call of Cthulhu meets D&D, let's do this. Oh. What do you call them? The Soon sisters? The Soon sisters, yes. Oh, macabre dolls. Uh, not one night, Love Freddy. <laughs> so that that smoke's still coming from the cauldron, right? It is, yes. But you now have these three monstrosities openly addressing you. Um, what can I address them real quickly? As it, are we taken back by what they appear, mm. or are we? White. Are we not so surprised given the situation? Yeah, like given the situation, it's disturbing to see them waddling out of the smoke towards you, but it's probably not particularly scary. Ah! Freaks! <laughs> Millie, again, you going to start throwing that word around considering our group? <laughs> all three of the, all three of the strange creatures raise a hand to their mouth as if gasping the rest of you do. Mm. Now, since Bob has gone quietly back inside for five seconds, Alessandra's looking going, Who are you? What are the Soon sisters? And how do we stop them? Basically points to the cauldron going, and is that something we should be getting rid of right now? 
The stuffed monkey opens its mouth to talk and then it immediately goes <coughs> as it coughs uh, as it coughs white stuffing out of its body onto the floor. Oh, the doll the straw doll with the pin sticking into its body raises a hand and steps forwards and says Please, please, uh Joho uh, you can't talk, you know this. I'll do the talking. Steps forwards, looks up at you and says, The, the Sone sisters are a coven of night hags. We don't dare mention their names lest they hear them being uttered. Mm. Uh, do we know if they were formerly humans or formerly mm. things that were not the same these, as their these dolls, body. you can ask them yeah. how they came into being. You ask them how they came into being. Besides, uh, besides the straw doll, the clay doll with no face reaches up with its hand and, using its fingers, carves a makeshift mouth into its face, and then it begins to speak. It says, "We were made from the souls of children." captured by the hags. We just want mm. to be free! Ah, oh, Dan Cooper's been here. <laughs> oh, God. The, um... the straw doll nods and continues where the uh, no, where Clay No-Face left off. It says, The hags are nursing some kind of creature that lurks on the other side of the great skeleton gate. It gestures behind it, and you can see a 12-foot-high, 10-foot-wide door just visible through the smoke at the southernmost end of the room. Its surface carved with grinning goblin skeletons. A belt of smooth stone spans the door at a height of four feet, set with five gold symbols in a row. A triangle, a square, a pentagon, a hexagon, and an octagon each symbol engraved on a circular seal. We don't know what kind of creature it is, says the doll, but it's pure evil. Hmm. Alright, we need to know battle tactics. What's there? <laughs> Just instant interrogation. Okay. We're about to go into battle! Tell us more! The... The straw doll lowers its head, thinking for a moment, and says, Well, that potion there that they brew in that cauldron, it strengthens them, and it strengthens the creature alike if you want an edge. Destroy the cauldron. Also, also, they know about you in order to find out what tactics you employ. They've been torturing the looky-like in the cage! It gestures towards the emaciated bulb in the cage. Hmm. Kinda feel a bit bad now. Ready's rock. <laughs> you just ready a rock, and <laughs> the thing in the cage just stares at you, its bloodshot eyes pulsating in anger. What do the rest of you do? 
Well, don't pick up any more rock. But I think it's. A I bit was say, can we can we check an inside check to make sure these things aren't just trying to fuck us over? You, you know, like almost ahead. everything else in this dungeon so far. You could go ahead and make an inside check. Um, I don't know why I'm the one saying inside check my something. It's terrible. That's <laughs> uh, eleven. That's a natural Well, oh dear God, Bobbit. As far as things go, these oh. are apparently dolls, toys possessed by the souls of children. If that is true, then they are acting pretty much how you'd expect. Zinhorn, you do notice that there is genuine fear and anxiety in their voices as they talk. They appear to be genuinely scared of the hags that they talk about and the creature that lies beyond the skeleton door. More along the lines of, was the, the cauldron thing legitimate or not? Well, they do appear to have be speaking with genuine fear, so you could assume that they're not lying. Um... Alright, let's kickstart this battle. Can I chip over the cauldron? Okay, yep. So Sir Lucian walks over to the cauldron. A tarry greenish-black brew fills the cauldron, and it's bubbling loudly. So Lucian... Before it over... Yep. Can uh, Zinhorn just have a look and see if he can get any idea of what this is before he tips it out? You can attempt to make an arcana check. I'll also point out that the bronze lid of the cauldron is placed on the floor just next to the cauldron itself. That is an 18 plus 4, so 22 arcana. An 18, yeah, 22 arcana. So you kneel over the cauldron and you peer at the brackish brew inside. As you draw closer, you realise it emanates a very disgusting smell, the smell of what seems like tar mixed with rotting flesh and it occurs to you that this is perhaps some sort of potion used by the hags to cook clones. Your suspicions seem to be confirmed as you lean in closer and see a number of hairs and what appear to be finger and toenails floating inside the brew. Um, before the thing gets tipped over, Ava's going to fly up here. Yep, Ava's And get her bow out. Yep, Ava's going to fly up to the mm. entrance of the room. She gets her bow out. Also, Lucian steps forwards, grabs hold yeah. of the... As... Yep. Mm, I was going to say, as he does that, uh, Bo would like to return very quickly and go into a were-target form, because we're pretty sure this is going to start a fight. And she is deceived... Oh. Understandably pissed off right now. Yep. So Bobber just roars. Her muscles bulge. Fur overtakes her body. And so Lucian grabs the grabs the cauldron and he rolls his athletics check. And he uh, rolls. Sorry, for a second. Yep. Um, Dale, make sure your electronics are protected. There's a hailstorm inbound. Yep, I know. I, I could hear it coming. And yeah, I'm right now. Just like Dale. Yep, so, so Lucian grabs the rim of the bronze cauldron and he tips it over. The brew hisses as it spills out and the green smoke begins to quickly dissipate. 
within 30 seconds, the room is clear. A horrible stench of rotting flesh and burned hair fills the room, but aside from that, nothing else appears to happen. Nothing jumps out at you, and indeed, the three possessed dolls begin to cheer, jumping and clapping what passes for their hands. Here inside the empty cauldron, and you're disgusted as you see inside what can only be described as a malformed fetus, a fleshy growth, pink and red in colour. The only human-like features that have formed are its deformed face, bulging eyes, and a feet and a shapeless mouth that just sucks in air <laughs> until it's till it twitches and stops moving i'm just going to turn back to the other the three lovely dolls and you just hear in a very low growl where are they the dolls look at each other and then Pinhead steps forward and says, In in the ethereal plane, they could be back at any time. Hunting for souls, I would imagine. He gestures, it gestures towards the five doors, uh, branching off from the two balconies, and says, The trials are through there. <coughs> if you wish to get through the skeleton door, You'll need to face them each in turn. Hurry! Maybe you can get them done before the hags return! Wait, so what is it? Hmm. Alright, so... So each of the doors leads to a trial, they said. That's what you've been told. There are symbols above each of the doors that match the symbols on the seals of the skeleton door. As you get closer to the skeleton door, you notice, strangely, that despite this being the skeleton key door, there are no places to insert the keys. Perhaps they uh... find these seals. I guess we have to go and do that then. Apart from the shape, is there anything on the other doors at all? Any Nothing. Writing, any symbols? No writing, no symbols. The only thing differentiating them is the shape. What would you guys like to do? Guess we've got to go do these trials. Trial time. All right. So, uh, which door would you like to enter first? Uh, the first door. I can't see the screen. So yeah. Well, there is sort of a range in a clockwise pattern around the room. So, may as well go clockwise. Top right, I guess. Top right. Very well. So you climb up the stairs onto the easternmost gallery and enter the door that is directly ahead of you, marked with a triangle. You push the stone door open 
and enter the room that's on the other side. Allow me to just uh, check that is room 73. This room is filled with flying sheets of parchment with writing on the pages visible as they flutter by. A metal plate bolted onto the far wall is set with a ghostly lever. Okay. So what would you guys like to do? Sorry, M1, because you're in the storm. Like, you're not coming through very well. Um, yeah, oh, that's right. I'm, I'm still here. I can hear you. Just, yeah, uh, I know. Oh, we can hear you perfect now. It's just, yeah, the storm's like. I don't think he was talking. I think oh, it was just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, you weren't talking. Oh, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, so, yeah, Good what job. would you guys like to do? Uh, what can we see written on the pages as they flutter around? You want to try to catch one? No, I would like to see if I can see what one <laughs> of them says. Um, You're touchy. Please make a perception check with uh, disadvantage because they are swirling around something fierce. Uh, that's a five. You can make out some sort of arcane runes on one of the papers as it flies past, but that's about it. They're swirling around as if caught in a terrible wind. If you want to read one, you'll have to catch it. Okay. While well, you guys decide what you're going to do, I'll be right back. I need to let me see him. Hmm. Anything. My ass don't even be helpful here, because right now I just have a very angry wear tiger that has nothing to hit, and it's it's annoying. Let's see. Let's see. Could I try using my mage hand to just stay in place and then grab something as it comes past? Yep. I will remind there is also a um ghostly looking leather at the back of the Yes, room. and the last time I walked in and grabbed the leather without planning <laughs> yes. so was right at the start of the stupid dungeon. You shoot out your mage hand and attempt to catch one of the pieces of paper. Please make a sleight of hand check. Okay. Yeah, that's a nine. Hand is not smart. That's okay. Yeah, you, you, your mage hand scrambles. Its fingers reach out for one of the papers, but it's just not agile enough. You'll have to do it yourself. Okay. So I have to try and do slightly hand again to try and do that? Yes, if you're doing it with your own hands, it's with advantage. Okay. Uh, Non-nat 20 that time. Non-nat 20. You sigh in frustration, you step forwards and snatch one of the flying papers out of the air. And you catch it, you bring it to your face and I'd like you to roll a d8 please. Oh good, this is either going to be really good or completely mess me up. Uh, four. Four. You unfurl it, it is indeed covered with arcane symbols. It appears to be a spell scroll. It is a spell mm -hmm. scroll for a fourth level spell of your choice. 
Wait, any spell? Any fourth level spell of your choice. Wait, so if I'd rolled higher, I could have gotten a higher spell scroll? Yep. You could Jesus! Try to catch another, you could try to catch another page if you want. Uh, see, now I just feel like you're fucking tempting me. Write that down, I have that at the least. <laughs> just gotta remember what the trial is. Like... Yeah, there hasn't been any hints of... There hasn't been any writing or anything that gives a hint as to what this so-called trial is. It's just a room filled with flying paper and a leather. Apparently, oh, this one in particular. Which, which this apparently the one I grabbed happens to just be a spell scroll, scroll for any spell at fourth yeah, level. Yeah, you could try to grab another one if you want. I don't know. Could I? I don't want to stand here for ten minutes, but then I don't want to waste the spell squad automatically. But I would very much like to investigate the ghostly lever. Like, is there anything else around here? Ah, uh, no, just the ghostly lever. So walk up, you walk up to it. I'm not touching it. You don't need a roll to even, even get this information. Um, as you approach the lever, you realize that it appears to be carved from bone, but it's quite insubstantial. Uh, a number of times you see solid pieces of paper pass right through it. Uh, it appears to actually not be present on the material plane. Huh. Interesting. So we have a room full of fluttering spell scrolls and a, and a lever that's not in this plane of existence. Yep. What would you like to do? Well, I'm going to relay that to everyone else, but this is annoying. Hmm. I don't I mean, know. I mean, if we get a high enough spell scroll, it is entirely possible we could use that to use a spell to, say, bind this lever to this plane of existence, but I don't yep. remember exactly what spell that would be. Unless otherwise, it's... otherwise it's possible Ava could just dispel whatever magic is keeping it in the keeping it in the ethereal plane. Yeah, but we have no idea. Mm. Unless activating the switch brings us to an astral version of this room, which is where the correct answer is. Well, you can't actually pull the lever, is uh, what Robert seems to have discovered as solid objects that is passing right through it. Uh. Hmm. God damn it. Yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Do you want to try to snatch another piece of paper? Right. Zinhong is going to. Right. So the. It... With mage hands, it's a spectral floating hand, so... But it is still on the still on the current Material. plane. So you shoot out your mage hands and you go to grab the leaf with it and its fingers just pass straight through the bone. I'm going to use the ghost lantern to make a 
mage hand and just go up and catch any piece of paper that flies by it. Yep. So you shake the ghost lantern, you see a spectral hand shoot out and it snatches a piece of paper from the air and hands it to you. Please roll a d8. If I roll an 8 and this thing explodes in my face, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's a 6. It is a spell scroll for a level 6 spell of your choice. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go I'm, level 6 spells. You know what I'm, say? I'm, I'm really concerned with the fact they just have these just everywhere. Because this Probably just seems Probably disappears as soon as you walk out the <laughs> door. Probably. It doesn't, but... <laughs> Mm, no, I just mean like there has to be some sort of fucking trick to this because they wouldn't just hand you all this shit right off the bat. Ooh, soul cage. That would have been interesting. Hmm. I have no idea. It would help if I had knowledge of six level spells. You could look up six level spells. <laughs> I'm doing it now. I'm doing it now, but I've got to keep clicking pages. Does anyone have any other ideas? Ava offers to cast dispel magic if you think that would help. Mm, dispel magic. Ava is Mudmore. The... Oh, yeah, how is Mudmore doing? Yeah, you can you can have Ava try to consult with Mudmore if you like. Sure, why not? Uh, religion check for Ava. That was a 10 plus 17. Ava closes her eyes and, it's, and in what is becoming a usual ritual for her, she imagines Mudmore's great reptilian form towering over her out of the brackish water. He smiles and says, don't be greedy. Thank you. <sighs> Ooh, chain lightning. Circle of death, what the fuck? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm getting distracted. That's a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to be looking for something specific. I'm trying to look for a dispel. Um. Ava's gonna tell. I'm gonna regret this because this could have been a sixth level that I could have had. Um, Ava's gonna tell Onyx to make the spell scroll a sixth level dispel magic and cast it on the lever. Very well. Onyx raises the scroll and he recites the incantation on it. The scroll immediately disintegrates into ash as the lever glows and becomes physical. Nothing else. Nothing else. Hey, hey. Pull the lever? Yep. Onyx oh. steps forwards, places his hand around the lever, and pulls it. As he does so, you hear the sound of shifting stone coming from out in the main room. And then all of the flying pieces of paper suddenly disintegrate into dust that settles to the floor, save for the one page that Bob had picked up. Devil. Oh, good. So I just have a free... Yeah. 
Hmm. Don't know what the hell I'm going to use a level four. Uh, scroll on, but. Uh, sorry, M1. It, you know, with all these uh, flying pages around the room. Yeah. Is it possible that uh, Sir Lucian could use his hand eye coordination from his throwable axes to try to what? land one? Why not just use your hand? Because if you throw an axe at a piece of paper, I mean, it's if probably going to cut the paper in. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's, it's too late now because all the papers have turned into dust. Only Bobbit has one. Oh. Is, the trial is completed. And besides, I'll reveal from behind the screen that taking three pages would trigger the monster in the room. And call it. There we go. Call I was thinking, it. what's stopping people from just grabbing a heap of these and going to Astorak with a heap of these? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And so you move to the next room. The door with the... Uh, the door with the square carved into it. Actually, we know the door with the pentagon carved into it. Uh, which room is that? Oh, wait, 76? No, that is the Troll of the Octagon. Okay, so carved into the door of this room is an octagon. You reach out and push the stone door aside, step into the room beyond. The ceiling of this plaster-walled room is 15 feet high. A leather-backed tome rests atop a wooden lectern bolted to the floor. Set into the wall behind the lectern are eight human skeletons, arranged so that they appear to be falling and screaming. What was that, sorry? Falling and... What's falling and screaming, sorry? The human skeletons arranged at the back, set into the wall behind the lectern. Cool! Can we go get What's-His-Face and put him in here and just lock him up forever? <laughs> Well, if you <laughs> if you think he's gonna solve the trial for you, no. <laughs> um, on the lectern. Uh, there's something on the lectern. Yeah, there is. There's a leather-bound book. Uh, um. You see what it's written in. You can. You step forward. Without looking at it, without touching it. Ah, uh, well, the book is closed. Oh, damn it. Oh, wait, no, it rests open. Uh, you walk up to it, and you see uh, abyssal tongue written upon the dusty pages. Well, hooray. Hmm. Uh, I can read that. It appears that the page that is open has exactly one phrase written on it. It says, backward, backward, eight to one. <laughs> As you flip through the book, and this is harmless, you notice that most of the pages are blank, save for eight pages in the very middle of the book, each one with a sentence written on it in abyssal. Put that in Discord for you. Okay. Okay, so this would be. Oh, so this will be things for the. 
the rooms? Were there eight rooms? Or, or, or this room? One, two, three, four. Backward, backward, rooms. eight to one. Speak the rhyme until it's done. Keep the spider locked away. See the lever clear, clear as day. Spin, spin, iron spider. Turn the flesh and bones to cider. Speak the rhyme and meet your fate. Forward, forward, one to eight. Zinhorn, with your passive <sighs> perception, you notice very thin seams along the perimeter of the floor that suggest a pit below. Looks like this floor will open up and toss you into the pit if you activate the trigger, whatever that may be. Mm. Above you, the ceiling appears to be made of smooth-cut stone, but unlike the room outside, it is only 10 feet tall rather than 20. Okay, we'll get this bloody poem thing is. Because part of me thought maybe it had something to do with the, um, rooms are in, but I don't see eight of those. No. Yeah, mostly because I had the see the lever clear as day thing, which was what we just, what we just did, but... Alright. Why do these things never just have a page that says... Here's how you get through this room. Have fun. Well, there are there are other things in the room. Um, someone might investigate the lectern itself. Also, the skeleton. I can investigate. All right, Bobbit, please make an investigate check. That is plus four twenty-three. So hidden in the leg of the lectern, on the side facing the east wall, you can see a secret compartment. It appears to be uh, flush with the leg and there is no obvious way of opening it, but you could very possibly use your thieves' tools to pry it open if you wanted to. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I will relay that to the others and ask what they want, because again, mm. Bob is mostly just angry at the moment, because she was expecting to immediately try to murder some hags for what they did to Bol, but... In Onyx's head, indecisive Unk says, Hmm, maybe we should just read it aloud, see what happens. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Kabuzan, Kabuzan says, They are clearly the words of evil. Don't speak them aloud unless you wish to see your death. Are there any signs of spiderwebs in the room? No, the only thing that you think would be similar to a spiderweb is perhaps the uh, grooves in the floor. But they're perhaps too regular to be a spiderweb. And we, the door behind us in this room, is it open or it's is it? It's still open, it's not shut. Mm-hmm. Backward, backward, I door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I hate this. There's, there's probably a really simple thing to this, so there is no trap to this, and because we're paranoid from all this crap, we have <laughs> no idea what to do with it. So what did you say I could use the thieves' tools on? Yeah, you could try to pry the secret compartment in the lectern open. There better not oh. be a spider in there. Do you want to try to open it? It'll be a DC-20 dex check made by... Oh, oh, I mean... I dare you. You're a terrible person. Does everyone else wish to leave the room while I do this? I need something to laugh at, so I'll just stand at the doorway. <laughs> yeah, so Lucian just goes and stands at the doorway and he's just watching Bobbitt with an eager look on his face. Hmm. For your been... sake, I hope there's <clears throat> not a banana in there. I say just open it. Alright. I think after everything we've been through, Lucian would be a little less of a dick, but hey, what can we do? Um... It's all the day's work. Having squared really hard against the back. <laughs> okay, so that's a 19 plus what my proficiency and yep. my dex, so that's 4 plus. Yeah, that's 19 plus, that's 26. You insert all oh. the edge of your... So I imagine, by, I imagine it's not even thieves' tools, it's just one of the claws off a yeah. claw just yeah. fuck this back. And... Or just like the very edge of the thief tools, you're just like inserting it into the groove and then pulling with your wear tiger strength, and you hear splintering wood and wrench the compartment open. Inside, there is a small brass lever. Small brass what? Lever. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Look at the others and just growl out that mm, she found a lever. Hit the lever. Mm. Well, we'll first make sure that she is. Like, how whereabouts on this uh, lectern is this? What's what sides it on? on? Front, the, the leg, back. It's on the front leg, fake, right in front of Bobbin. So what about here-ish? Yeah, about there. Damn, I was kind of hoping I could, like, attach myself to the wall before pulling it, because... Actually, wait, I got Mage Hand, so maybe we'll yeah, move, out of, the, move out of the room with the rest of the group and then just Mage Hand the... Well, only Lucian's out of the room. Everyone else's Onyx oh. is staying. So no one else now. Bobbit's leaving the room if everyone else wishes to join. Yeah, okay, everyone... Bo everyone... Yeah, Phonics, uh, Yep, so everyone retreats back to the doorway as Bobbit turns around, shoots out her mage hand and pulls the lever. You hear the sound of scraping stone as the octagon seal of the skeleton door begins to slide away. But so does the ceiling within the room. And as the ceiling opens up, you see... A great silver propeller fan fashioned in the guise of a spider, and it immediately begins to turn. <laughs> At the same time, a reverse gravity spell emanates from the book. The book <laughs> and the lectern rise off the floor, are pulled up into the ceiling where they are ground to dust by the fan. Hmm. 
Boba just sits there and with a small growl you can hear is just spin spin nine spider. Hmm? <laughs> Ready for the That's next room. So you did say that there was the hole on for yep, the, the skeleton, hole on the skeleton key. door. And as you approach the skeleton door, you see that the uh, triangle and octagon seals have both slid open, revealing the long, uh, long, oddly shaped columns behind them, just the right size and shape for the skeleton keys. Hmm. Okay, do we... Maybe we want to start them all at once. Yeah, probably a good idea. Just to be safe. You make your way up onto the westernmost balcony and enter the first door you see there. The one that is marked with the sign of the Pentagon. You press it open and step inside. Right page. Oh, sorry. I just realized that entire rhyme thing was just to that room for it that last was, room. Yes. See the lever clear as day. Yep. Burst of bones inside her. Yada, yada, yada. Jokes on you, fuckers. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's saying, haha, the, the joke's on you. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? They failed. Next. The delicious aroma of spiced meat greets you beyond this door. At the end of a 20-foot-long corridor, a room opens up with red tapestries covering the walls. A feast is spread out on three tables consisting of roast boar, squash stew, and a tray of freshly baked cakes. Flagons of frothy beer complete the banquet. A gaunt human male in a dusty black suit quietly arranges the items on the cake table, taking notice of your intrusion. Without a word, he silently gestures for you to come forward and sample the feast he has prepared. I don't care if I'm a were-tiger, no one should be that stupid. In mm -hmm. in Onyx's head, Kabuzan shouts, Ah, roast boar, a meal for a hero, let us tuck in! And in Bobbit's head, Nang Nang says, Oh, oh. Let us hoard all the cakes and shun the frothy beer. Leave that for everyone else. We shall take all the cakes. I don't know what Sanders just seen there going. Really? We're in a room that is obviously booby-trapped like the last ones, and that's the first thought you have in your head? Seriously, no wonder you're not counted as an actual god. Hmm? Hmm? The, suited, hmm. the suited humanoid... I actually read the wrong room, so let's just say you skipped it in this door instead. Ah, okay. Um, oh, that explains yeah. the, the match yeah. description a bit more. Sorry. Um, yeah. It's we'll get that later. The way it's got it laid out, it's got like all the things that can happen with the hags, and it's got like the rooms. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, the humanoid wearing a black suit once again gestures to the feast, and this time, he moves forward a little bit into the dim light of the room and you realize that he is not a man at all but rather a living scarecrow his head nothing more than a pumpkin with two black beads for eyes
says nothing. He looks up to acknowledge your presence and then goes back to gesturing towards the feast, clearly inviting you to tuck in. Can we just firebomb the place and leave? (laughs) (laughs) There's also tapestries. What do the tapestries have to show? Um, five red tapestries hang from iron rods bolted to the walls. Each is made up of pentagonal-shaped patches stitched together. These appear to form a pattern, but there is no image on the tapestries, unless you'd like to do a careful examination. Investigation sounds good. Go ahead, make an investigation check. A 19. On one of the tapestries, you see something more substantial in among the endless pentagonal pattern. A subliminal devil's face clearly hidden in the design. The devil's open mouth forms a pentagon. mouth is wide open as it just like all the other devil faces you've seen in this dungeon it seems to be inviting you to stick its hand stick your hand inside i'm sorry what did i miss poked up for two seconds so you it's a devil's in- face and it's inviting us to put our hands inside yeah there's oh, there's okay. a subliminal devil's face made out of pentagons in the design of one of the tapestries and yeah, just like the yeah. others that you've encountered in this tomb, its mouth is wide open. It seems to be inviting you to reach inside. Mm-hmm. Alright, so what else just... would you like to do then? Oh. Is it possible we could just leave the room and not touch any of this? Because if you could find a way to break off the um seal to insert the skeleton key, sure. Oh. So this the scarecrow man is just staring at the food and like inviting us to eat. Yep. He doesn't appear to be hostile. He doesn't appear to be overtly threatening. He's just inviting you to enjoy the feast that he's uh laid out for you. Ava goes, what if we put some of the food in the devil's face? You can try that if you want. But that would be up to everyone because it might just be touching the food that activates the scarecrow. Not eating it. Got no other ideas. Um, rather not waste ten minutes since, you know, where Tiger Form only really lasts for an hour, so... Going to cast um, Detect Magic on the room. The whole room lights up. Each of the morsels of food and drink laid out on the table glow in a variety of different colours. But oddly, the tapestries do not, save for the pentagon that would serve as the open mouth of the devil. It glows a bright green indicating that some transmutation magic emanate that some illusion magic emanates from this spot 
The devil face has illusion magic in it. Yes. And you said that all the food lit up all as well? All the food is all light lit up in different colours, and you recognise traces of uh, necromantic magic and transportation magic mostly. Yeah. So I'll definitely look back at the rest of the group and goes, this is all trapped. All of it. You detect necromancy. Is it possible for Solution to go start charging in and strategically to start charging? Yeah. Why would you want to because it's necromantic. So is almost everything Boba does. Joe What's your wounds point? is necromantic. Yeah. It's, it's food. <laughs> necromantic doesn't necessarily mean evil. It's just yes, the type of the magic, type of that's, magic here. that's in this food. I mean, if you want to yeah. chop the food up, you could feel free, but... still eat the food. That's fine. But now it'll just be more finely chopped or butchered. But, you know... At so, least, I'm, I'm not. I'm not All right. So, what draws your attention, Sir Lucian? The roast boar, the squash stew, the cakes, or the oh. beer? Well, okay. Can I take a flagon of beer and then pour it up the mouth? Pour it in the mouth. Yep. All right. So, Sir Lucian grabs a flagon of beer. He carries it over to the tapestry with the demons with the devil's mouth. <laughs> And he oh, well, touching the food doesn't activate the scarecrow. Okay, well, that yeah. answers my question. And he tips the flagon towards the image, and the beer flows into the devil's mouth as if that patch of fabric was not there, and you could see it dripping down the wall behind the tapestry. Well, good to know my theory was correct, and at least he went with that and not chopping everything up. Mm. Can... We give it a three-course meal. Yep. Uh, so, Lucian, do you want to take a swig of the beer for yourself? Da, 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 no, da. I do not. Oh, thank you God. You do not. Okay. Mm. Um, so, what so is there like a clear starter, main, and dessert? Well, you would presume that the stew would be the starter, the boar would be the main, and the cakes would be the dessert. So, in okay. order, pour them into the... Mouth uh, pour the soup first, then a mm. drink of ale, then the main, then a drink of ale, and then a dessert. Yep. That would be my suggestion if the others went with it. Hmm. And take that I mean, as coming from Ava, because Onyx can't. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and you'll probably have to do this without Bobbit, because she's one trying really hard not to eat it, because Nang Nang's telling her to do so, so probably best to just get on with the doing that, because yeah. that seems to make sense. Yeah, Bobbit, I, I, I want you to make a wisdom save, please, Bobbit. Oh, thanks for bringing it up. This is why I don't mention this shit out loud. Fuck <laughs> me. Hey, Dale. 19. 19, yeah. You're, Thank you for the advantage. You're feeling very hungry all of a sudden, <laughs> but you know better than to just start wolfing down this food. Yeah. Okay. So, you each, uh, you gather around the feast table, you cut off a piece of roast board, drop it in the devil's mouth. It passes through the fabric and then the piece of meat drops down onto the stone floor. You follow it up with a drink and then you do the same for servings of squash stew, 
and cakes, following each course up with some beer. The devil's face smiles, and then the uh, pentagon of fabric disappears, revealing a small glass lever on the other side. Mm-hmm. Bobbit, oh. impatient with the impatient with the proceedings, runs forwards and pulls it, the lever. And I can, why? Why would I do that? Because has it harmed you so far? I know, but at the same time, could we at least move back so we're not immediately in range for if anything yeah, goes wrong? Everyone else moves back as Bobbit wrenches the lever, and you hear the sound of the stone seal outside sliding away. After this is after this sound passes, the scarecrow once again gestures to the beast he has laid out. Wait, so he's still gesturing to he's the still like... gesturing, yeah. I would now like everyone who is not bothered to make a wisdom save. Oh god. And I'll make one for Sir Lucian. Sorry, uh what happened? With advantage. Oh. Jack, roll, d20. So Lucian yeah, failed we... his wisdom save. So uh, with advantage, uh, did he make it with advantage because of the heroic cease? Oh yes, sorry, I'll do that again. Oh, so what's, what's happening, sir? Okay, so, so basically we poured all the food down the devil's throat. There was a lever that was there that came up afterwards. Up. We pulled that. The piece for the, or the, the seal for the room opened up, I mean, we've completed it, and now, because this guy's still gesturing to the food, everyone, no, well, everyone's now making a wisdom save except for me, because I've already done one. Yep. Oh, okay, so we'll make it wisdom save. And, okay, so Onyx got a nat 20. Yep. Uh, which I think for him becomes a 21. And Ava got a 15 plus her score. A 19. Yep, so that is a pass for everyone. The, the succulent aroma that fills the room makes your mouths water, but you resist the urge to start tucking in. Hmm. I'm glad my nat 20 kicked in then. Hmm. <laughs> so I suppose we bow politely to this thing and then just go and we're going to yeah. go into the southern room. Thank you, but no thank you, we're full. Yep. You turn around and leave the room, and as you do so, you see the scarecrow just hang his head and shake, disappointed that you didn't partake in his meal. And you shut the stone door behind him. You enter into the next room, the trial of the hexagon. Push open the stone door, and find a large cracked six-sided mirror is mounted above a stone shelf protruding from the opposite wall. Five unlit candles stand on the shelf, each made of yellow wax and covered with tiny black sigils. Scrawled on the wall above the mirror, in what appears to be dried blood, are the words Piggy, Piggy, Piggy. Okay. Oh. 
Piggy, piggy, piggy. That's an interesting one. Uh, so Piggy's written on this thing in dried blood. Yep, up on the wall above the mirror it just says Piggy, Piggy, Piggy. And there are five unlit candles on the shelf. Now, as far as I know, my dis uh, detect magic should still be active, it right? It is active. So... And indeed, both the mirror and the candles radiate auras of conjuration magic. And in fact, there are not five candles. There are six. There are six. The sixth one being tucked underneath the bottom rim of the stone shelf, away from you. You are only able to see it thanks to the aura from the detective. Yeah, going to immediately go over and grab the uh, sixth one. Yep, you reach under the shelf, grab the sixth candle, and place it alongside the others. What does the... is there anything on the candle? Uh, there is an arcane symbol. You may make an arcana check. I like those. Especially when they can get a... 29. The symbol on each of the candles is identical. It translates roughly to light me. This has some Alice in Wonderland bullshit attached to it. So they all just say light me, including the sixth one that Including we... the sixth one that was hidden. Hmm. And there were sigils. Do you see there were sigils on the actual mirror itself? Indeed. You may make a arcana check. Another arcana? Yep. Uh, that's going to be a 24. It translates to speak to me. So the mirror says speak, the candles say light. <laughs> yes. <sighs> and all you can see reflected in the cracked, dirty mirror right now is yourself and the room you're in. Uh. The plot thicken. Indeed. Hmm. Obviously we have to say some incantation and it will light up. Well, it's suggesting we need to light the candles ourselves and then speak to it. You could try that. Do you want to light or the candles? Or we could speak to it. So can we inspect the actual... the, the dried blood, because... Yeah, um, I would like someone to please make a medicine check. Who's got medicine? Uh, Ava has plus eight. Alright, Ava can mm. do it. Okay, uh, which dice do I want to use? Dice I'm using for her would probably be best. Uh, it's 16. Ava flaps her wings, she flies up to the top of the mirror and looks closely at the words piggy 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 touching a smear of blood with one of her fingers. She then flies back down and tells you that the blood is reasonably old. It's been there for quite some time and it doesn't appear to be human blood. It's the wrong pigment. She would likely, if she had to make a guess, she would suggest pig's blood. 
she relays that. Uh, doesn't really answer any questions to like to do we'll say light mirror says speak to us yes light there's somehow pig, there's somehow pig's blood just on the wall despite the fact that notice how long it's been since there's been a pig down here but he knows this lot well there was a roast boar in the next room <laughs> Well, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong there. <laughs> Why would they hide the sixth candle? Yeah, Why would they hide the sixth candle? Do we, uh, do we light just the sixth candle? Do we light all six? Just... The candles themselves, you said, had the, was the one with the conjuration, yeah? Yeah, they all appear to be identical. Um, have we determined what the two things on the side of the wall are? Uh, those... Those... I don't know why they're on the map, because, like, that's part of what's supposed to be revealed when you... Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Is that oh. surprise? Okay. Oh, it's all been revealed! <laughs> It was in you alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I personally what? would say light the sixth one, but that's just my opinion. That's I, what I was thinking. Because it's hidden, so people would immediately go, let's yeah, light the five that are here. Yep. So, so just the sixth one? one? For me, my personal thing would be light the sixth one. Okay. And what would we say to the mirror? I don't know. Unless we just try and light the candle first and see if anything happens. Unless it's a thing of you are supposed to light the candles or talk to the mirror. Okay. So, <laughs> Bobbit produces a tinder box and she lights the sixth candle, placing it on the shelf, and then looks in the mirror. Nothing appears to have changed. The candle's not doing anything? Oh, but doesn't me. appear so, no. Okay, well, there goes my idea. I wasn't light all of them. <sighs> and do we want to try... You know, I don't really particularly want to speak the words that are just on the goddamn wall in pig's blood, but the other... Uh, in the other, uh... lead uh, gut in this room. Unless lighting the five before the sixth one activates the trap, but lighting the sixth one first activates the correct thing. What's this upsetting with the sixth one? Because on the thing, there's piggy, piggy, piggy written in pig's blood. Yeah, on the wall. <laughs> Above the mirror. The mirror that has speak to me carved into it. So the six one piggy 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 meaning two. What? Three words. Two points each. Lucian, do you want to step forward and say piggy 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 out loud? 
Yes, nonchalantly. Yeah, so Ooh. Lucian... Lucian steps forwards and shouts, Piggy! 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 And... Suddenly, the reflected light of the candle in the mirror reveals a wooden lever set into the northernmost wall of the room. <laughs> and you made it so difficult. <laughs> Okay. You have solved the puzzle. I'll tell you if you lit oh, any of the oh, other candles that said piggy piggy piggy, <laughs> it would have summoned three warbores. Cool. Okay, cool. Pull the lever, let's move to the last one. We're brethren. Congratulations, Sir Lucian. I go behind the boat and slap them behind the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, um, you do that, and there's now a six foot plus were tiger growling at you. <laughs> yeah, wondering I why. Solution. Yeah, wonder yeah, wondering exactly when solution and why solution is now being a raging asshole at this particular point. But Onyx goes to the northern door. Yeah, mm. yeah. Lucian triumphantly just... steps forwards and he pulls the lever, and then he he slaps Bobbit on the shoulder, and she turns and just <sighs> growls at him. And he goes, oh, well, I'll get a banana and shove it. And then walks out of the room into the last remaining door. Very proud of himself. Because he solved the puzzle. <laughs> yeah, and no, this... we'll give him that one because he did. That's the second one that he solved. So this final room contains a five foot wide floor to ceiling glass cylinder near the back wall of this room is filled with light, the source of which is not apparent. A, a tiny triangular hole is cut through the glass five feet above the floor. Inside the cylinder, an iron lever is set into a metal plate in the floor. I'm gonna guess it's gonna take more than 15 pounds to move that. Oh, there's the lightning. Come here, miss. Come on. Yeah. Well, it appears that the cylinder is grafted into the floor, if anything, and the only means of bypassing it without destroying it is the small triangular hole that's carved into the top of it. Of course, reaching through that hole to pull the lever is going to be almost impossible. It'd be like reaching up a vending machine. Uh, so how big is the triangle hole? Uh, it is... Uh, it's about just big enough to insert your hand into. It's five feet above the floor. Oh, mage hand? Is there anything else about the room? Because again, oh. my detect magic... Has my detect magic run out? I'm pretty sure it's still active um, at this point. It is still active, but there's actually nothing magical in this room. The entire room is drab, unremarkable. Mm. So was it just inspect the, the triangle? I'll make sure there's nothing else. Yep. Make an investigate check, please, Zinhorn. Um, that is a natural 20. You walk up to the triangle hole and look at it. You can't see any sort of mechanism or trap or anything else that gives you pause. Rather, it appears the challenge in this room is quite simple. How to pull the lever itself, which is wedged deep within the glass cylinder. 
So is it like a clear path from the triangle hole to the cylinder, or is it just... There is indeed, there is. You could just reach through it and you're inside the cylinder. It's just that it would be impossible to do with human hands. But, Zinhorn, I believe you have a way around that. <laughs> I do, and I'm just, so I'm just making sure that it doesn't look like there's no, like, slicing or dicing or anything that might happen. Nope, doesn't look like it. I'm going to vine in, I guess? Yep. You, s <laughs> you send your vine through the hole, it snakes through the triangular opening and down into the cylinder, it wraps around the iron lever, and then it tries to pull. The iron lever is too heavy for the vine to move on its own. Could we combine the vine with, say, a mage hand? See if that helps. If you want, or you have a vine of your own. I mean, yeah. Okay, I forget. I mentioned the thing looks really small now. On this, on this, like, yeah, hanging the vine is just like a little tiger. green noodle hanging off the big buff wear tiger mm. stump. Yeah. So you step we'll forward, and your own vine snakes in through the opening, wrapping itself around the lever next to Zinhorn's. I'd like both of you to make athletics checks, please. I could do that. Athletics. Nineteen for athletics. Fifteen. Yep. 15, you both pass, your vines groan with exertion as they pull the lever down with a rattle. When it reaches, the, when it becomes parallel to the floor, you all hear a loud click, and then the telltale sign of the seal opening outside. You retract your vines, and they are quite pleased with the job they have performed. Huh. Hi, Vine! <laughs> There's another yeah, bring it in, says, one, at least. <laughs> bring it in, says Bobbit's vine, as Sinhorn's vine snakes through the room to make a high five, and then Bobbit's vine pulls away and says, Ah, 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 too slow! <laughs> you just watch oh. it, mate. I'm just going to hold my sword up to them to give them a reward. Because my, my <laughs> yeah, sword actually radiates the sun. And, and we've been down here for multiple days now. You see yeah. both of them edge ever so slightly closer to the sword, and then there's about the next 60 seconds, both of them are just... Both of the vines are just contentedly vibrating above the sword, saying, Oh, yes. Oh, that hits the spot. Oh, yes, right there. <laughs> As they take okay. it the sunlight. I guess yeah. we should probably go deal with whatever might turn up in the middle room and then see what we go from there. Okay. You ready? Oh, that's right. Yeah. We started at 3.30. We've only been going two hours. Yeah. Yep. Wow, my sense of time is really fucked up at the moment. I blame the heat. <laughs> you step out into the centre of the room. Three dolls and... Formed mockery of bulb remain, but no one else is in the room. You notice that all five seals on the skeleton door are now open, and you can see the slots where the skeleton keys are to go. 
Well, who had the keys? Yeah, who had them? <laughs> I think I think they were distributed among us. Whoever. Yeah, evenly. Yeah. Picked so them I think up. Yeah. We'll say you've each got one. Okay, so going by what these dolls said, they said that the hags are either in the big room caring for whatever's in there or they might be hunting at the moment. Yes. So there is a chance that if we go through this door, we're fighting whatever's in there plus a coterie of hags. That is correct. Yeah. How would everyone feel about setting a trap in this room and getting the dolls to speak the hags' names? Oh, it's been to summon them here. Yes. And then you can kill them in here. Oh, oh I yes. like that. So let me go through my spells because I have a few options on holding people in place. I have a spell that would be really good. The only problem is I would need a long rest after this to go into that big room at full capacity. Well, mm. if you have the door open and the hags are dealt with, then presumably you'd be able to take a long rest because... If whatever's on if whatever's on the other side of the door requires the hags to tend it, then it obviously doesn't yeah, have Yeah, it won't be able to do anything without us. Yeah. Potentially so, anyway. Because there is what, five of us? Yes, I five of you. So? We yes. could each stand in a doorway and presumably they would appear in the middle of the room if the dolls are standing there and mutter their names, and then we can just rain down anything ranged and then move into position if we so wanted to. Mm. Because Onyx could cast Sickening Radiance before we call them down. And I can tag team that with Death's Grasp because as a fifth level, it's now a 30-foot square. So if they spawn in it, they still need to make the save because it's when you start your turn. Yeah, when you yes. turn. Yeah, exactly. So, and then as soon as that's done, I can drop it and the melee oh. fighters can run in if yeah. that looks like how the fight's going to go. That would be the only downside if I do Death's Grasp, that my one specifically says creatures ending their turn in the area. Mm. So that would be a problem there. Because I would also hazard a guess that a coterie possibly of hags could possibly teleport, which means after the first turn, they could teleport out of the area. Hmm. Depending on what type of hag they are. Yeah, yes. depend. Yeah, depending. Because I don't know what type they are. I've. I know you did tell me ages ago when we first saw them, but I've forgotten. So. Um. Uh, well, you guys consider that. Oh, I'll be right back because I just remembered I left my bedroom window open. Ooh, sh oh yeah, shit! Oh no, shit! Actually, I just realised I left my 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 room is door is actually open. I'm gonna quickly go yep, as well. Um, <laughs> Zinhorn M1, I guess, come up with a plan. Why? Well, I think that plan sounds pretty solid, to be perfectly honest. We'll just wait a moment. We have a storm going here at the moment, people in chat. So, uh, 
lightning has just occurred, so we're going to quickly go rush and make sure all of our windows and doors are shut. The good thing about not being there is I'm not in a storm, but it is still hot. It is still very hot, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I am back, and it's a good thing I remembered too. <laughs> yep. Um, so, did anyone come up with I, any other ideas, or...? Well, no, I think I think that plan is a solid one, so... Okay. As you come out of the room, you see the doll standing, waiting, and the straw doll with the pin through its head runs up and waves and says, The seals are open! The seals are open! Quick! Quick, before the hags come! Um, speaking of the hags, uh, we have a plan to deal with them, which may end the curses on you. <sighs> the clay, the no-faced clay one reaches up and once again tears a chunk out of its face, forming a mouth that says, Freedom at last? Please, please, go on! What we are going to... Oh, I just realised that my plan would involve the dolls being inside the fucking sickening radiance. Oh, we could probably move them. Can, oh, wait. Uh, Maybe cast it the second they show up. I mean, let's face it, at this point after oh, hundreds yeah, of well, years, look, it's going to be freedom regardless, so I don't think they're going to mind that. True. That much. I, I, I would imagine we'd get a surprise there. Anyway, um, so we're going to hide in the doorways... And we're going to ambush the hags. We would like you to summon them by saying their names in the middle of the room. The stuffed monkey immediately shakes his head. He opens his mouth to say something and then he coughs. <coughs> Coughing more white stuffing onto the ground. The, the, pinhead, one that... the pinhead raises his right arm and says, uh, What? Joho is trying to say is, uh, no, no, uh, that's a suicide. What, summoning them or saying their names? Oh, we dare not summon them. <sighs> well, it's either that or we go into that next room and get ambushed by them as well as whatever's in there and we die and you're stuck in this cursed form until another group of adventurers come down, and from the history of this place, that hasn't happened before. Make a persuade check, please. Shit, I should have, I should have said it. <laughs> I have a plus eight. Oh, not bad. Actually, I'm pretty, yeah. sure I, I'm pretty sure I have plus nine, so not much difference yeah. there. That's still a uh, Come on, come on, come on. Uh, that is an 18. 18? Okay, the stuffed monkey leaps up in the air, opens his mouth, and goes... <laughs> I was going to say, before he does that, just put a hand up and, like, maybe let the other one speak instead. <laughs> they look at each other, <laughs> and you can tell they're having a silent conversation as they just stare back and forth between themselves, and back at you, and back at each other, and then the pinhead nods and says... Fine! Fine! You, you make a good point. Very well. Uh, take your positions, and we will speak their names when you're ready. 
Okay. Do um, I have time? Ava. Oh, sorry. You do your yeah. thing first, and then. I was going to say, I know, know the plan is I'm going to cast Death's Grasp, but do I have time to cast one other spell before we go? Yeah, they won't speak the name until you tell them to. Good, good, because as we're lining up to get ready, I'm, I'm Bobbit's going to activate her Grim Scythe as well. Because uh, these things have to die. Going to get up my spells that I plan on casting before we start combat. For good once. thinking. Seeing <laughs> Radiance by the. Uh, what else am I thinking of casting? Uh, hypnotic Pattern. think that's all that I need for the time being. Okay, uh, 30 foot radius. Okay, just let me measure out stuff, because... Go ahead, go ahead. Okay... I'm gonna tell the others to stand at least like uh sorry uh like here here like 15 feet inside each, each room. doorway yep yeah uh, do um you guys have any preference for which room uh yes Ava wants to be up here yep so Ava's up there Ava. Um, on lands on the balcony and gets her bow out waiting to ambush the foe yep. except she's going to be waiting all the way in yeah, here in the room so, um for is, Onyx's this, shout. is this room finished like with its trap thing yes so there's no if we go in there we're going to get subjected to the blender no bit. you should be fine you peek uh, through no, the doorway I, and I, you need, see I, need, the I was going to say I need I need I need confirmation should yeah. with you at the moment is a massive red flag you <laughs> peek through the door and you see that the ceiling is once again closed up and the, uh, there are just splinters of wood and Wonderful. pieces of paper scattered over the floor in that case the one armed where tiger holding a scythe is going to get positioned there ready to cast uh, grim hands the second onyx this signal goes off um, Onyx is going to stand here so that no yep. one has to enter this room because yep. that one seems like it would be constantly be going. Yeah, you'll, you'll be yeah. drawn to eat that food. If no, I'm going to be here. Oh, yeah, I'm actually sorry, going yeah. to start. Quick, actually, quick question. Yep. Quick question. How how big is the, a 30-foot radius exactly? Uh, from here to here. Yes. Ah, Shaznok. Although on, your death's grasp is probably on only one level, isn't it? Yeah. So it would be, yeah, it if just, you cast yeah. it down here, it'll stay. Oh, okay. In that case, I don't need to technically start inside the room if we're only casting it on the well, ground. It, my radiance is going to be... Oh, yeah, because yours goes around... Yeah. Which is what I said it's only going to be the first turn. Uh, okay. Because then I'm going to immediately... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to cast it, yell... And then the next term, I'm going to drop it so that you guys can get into position. Okay. Um, I'm so going to get is... rest after this one because I'm going to... Sin Holland's going to be in the paper room. Yep. 
focuses it on nods to everyone actually, and actually into the paper room. Actually, I'm not going to go on the actual ground uh, in the room there. I might actually start up on the roof because it's about 20 That's feet up, fair isn't enough. It? Yeah, 10 feet in here because it's got the false ceiling. Well, either either why, either why that I no, I meant like out out. Oh, oh out there, yeah, that's up. That's twenty feet up yeah. on the ceiling. Yeah, so if I go out there, I'm still safe if I'm on the roof. But either way, yes. is it crouch, ready, ready to go, ready to pounce? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so Lucian's just got to pick a room now, and he's gonna go in the only one that's unoccupied, the piggy piggy room. He loudly a... shouts, "Piggy piggy!" as he oh, shuts up. <laughs> And that's probably the best one for him because it's equal yeah, yeah. shortest route down. So yeah, I relay to the group that once they're here and I cast, I'm going to shout whether through the gods or just out loud. Um, and then I'm going to drop the spell, and that's when it's safe for people to come out and. Yep. So you should be able to speak. You should be able to shout out loud. So. Yeah. Watch as everyone mm. takes their their positions, and the three dolls stand in front of the skeleton door, waiting for your signal. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna open up War Mage, the feat that I just took, just to make oh, sure I that did. if something happens to me, I know <laughs> if it's affected. I mean, I can I can explain. I can bring it out to you because uh, I mind. remember what it says. Yeah. It's just. During the heat of it, I'm going to be like forgetting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, fair, fair. And I've got the book in front of me, so I may as well just take it up. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So when everyone's ready. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wait to see till everybody is in position, and then you call out, Ready! Three dolls step forwards. They nervously look at each other for a moment, and then. Pinhead steps forwards and shouts, Widow Groat! The no-faced clay doll steps forwards, once again carving an impromptu mouth on its face and shouts, Baggy Nana! And <laughs> Joho the stuffed monkey steps forwards, opens his mouth and shouts, <coughs> 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 Throwing up yet more stuffing onto the floor. Pinhead looks at him, steps forwards and says, Um, 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 Peggy Jack Bells! <laughs> you hear, uh, you hear a high-pitched cackle emanate throughout the room. <laughs> and then... All three night hags suddenly materialize out of the ethereal realm. Please roll for initiative. Don't we get to fire the spells off before well, that? Do. If we're getting a surprise round, round, we still... Yeah, that's when you ah, okay, so we do get that. Okie dokie day. Okay, so... Oh, no, 20, let's freaking go. <laughs> Onyx got a 19, so... <laughs> and Ava got a 19 as well, but she goes before Onyx. Yep. Um, 26. <laughs> of course, 26 no. is in horn. Well, the fact that I rolled a net 20 and I'm still behind at least half the fucking party. Nice well, the, the good news is, uh, the others can actually run in, give an attack off, and then run back out of range. Yeah, and that's a 19 for Sir Lucian. <laughs> yeah, I don't so, know what he's going to do, considering why things are going to affect him if he gets in there. So, uh, Zinhorn, you are up first. It is a surprise. 
surprise round. Wait, I... Oh, Wait, does um, that 20 not go first? Well, Zinhorn still got higher than you. Yeah, fair, fair. So... Uh, what I'm going to do... So, the three are there. Where are the um, little stuffed... Uh, the uh, stuffed dolls, I'll put them on the map if you want them on the map. Yeah, just Bye. so... Because I'm going to do something that's in yeah, an area. I'm sorry, but I'm going to hit them anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't know, I will. Are here. They're up right in front of the scout. They're in the two tiles in front of the skeleton door. Alright, so Zinhorn's going to do something that he's wanted to do for quite some time. And that is he's going to create a maelstrom. Oh. Oh, fun. All the area of effects. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking blanket these bastards. Yeah. So, oh. you go to a Maelstrom, and it takes up a... Uh, it's 30 foot area. Yep. So, you're gonna have it, so it's hitting all three of them. It is a strength save. Yep. Okay, uh, let's get them to roll their strict saves. Uh, so that is uh, a 23, a 21, and a 19. Say so what now? Fucking mm-hmm. um, hags. Mm-hmm. So... They are in a coterie at the moment though, so they may be getting yes. buffs. They are getting buffs. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, lovely. So they're in difficult terrain. Any creature that starts its turn there must succeed. Okay, so it's, yeah, they're going to start their... When they start their turn there, they need to make another strength save or take damage. Yep. Well, they haven't got their turn yet. It is now yep. Bobbit's turn. And they're going to duck back into the room. Yep. Maelstrom of druidic energy takes over the room, turning where the hags stand into you're up, Bobbit. Oh, I mean, there is already difficult terrain, but we're going to help anyway. Bobbit roars from the ceiling as she slams her scythe on the roof, and then all of a sudden, the entire area that's already been turned into a maelstrom now has spectral hands appearing out of the, uh, out of the, well, I suppose water if it's a maelstrom. Yep. So, yeah, uh, any uh, creatures ending their turn in the area must succeed on a deck saving throw or take 3d6 necrotic from their hands. Yep. The roiling water churns as spectral hands reach up trying to grab the hags. They're going to make their death saves. That is a 19, a 10, and a 20. Okay, well, the 10 fails. The other ones didn't succeed. Only so, so that was 3d6. Alright, so that one that failed, I don't know which one it is, uh, takes 11 points of damage from that one. Yep, that is... Uh, that is going to be Baggy Manor. Ah, uh, yes, Lucian's greatest foe. Hmm. Yes. Okay, it is now uh, Ava's turn. Ava's just going to fly to the doorway and take two shots at Baggy Nana and then fly back. Yep. Um, do I have the height advantage at the moment? Ah, uh, you do, yes. Yeah. Okay, so the first yep. attack is a unnatural 20. That is a hit. Oh god, that's 1d8 plus 6. Oh, fuck. D8. 
There's a D6 and there's a D4 for the Psychic. Okay, so this attack's going to activate Favored Foe. Uh, so that is seven piercing damage for the arrow, one yep. Psychic damage, and four for the Favored Foe. Lovely, so all up, that is... Uh, seven, eleven, twelve. Twelve. Baggy Nana just laughs. <laughs> As... Ava lets loose of her arrows. Yeah, and the second arrow is a 25. That is a hit. And that is 12 piercing damage. Lovely. Okay. And then she flies back into the room. <laughs> okay, uh, it is Onyx's turn. Uh, the question is what you will allow with spells. Can I purposely make the area smaller? Of a spell? Um, only if you say no, that's fine. Only if you have a meta magic for it. Because there is actually a meta magic that lets you. Oh, that's that. right. Um, yeah. Careful casting. No, yeah. I do not have that. Okay. Um, okay, well, then I just, seeing as everyone is still out of range except for me, I'm going to. Well, it shouldn't hurt you, should it? Because you're the one casting it. Uh, that I'm going to leave up to Dale. Because ah, it's I mean, you can always move back. In. Well, if I mean, you can always the, move back inside the room. If you're in the radius of the spell, then yes, it'll hit. Just like yeah. if you were to cast a fireball at your own feet. Yeah. Um, Maybe just move back into the room before you cast it. Quick question: Does the bulb clone take any damage in. from any of those air of effect spells? Since it's he on the is ground, safe in his cage at the moment. But when he exits his cage, he'll be subjected to difficult terrain. Okay. Okay, this doesn't actually say I need to see anywhere. So, yeah, okay, I'm going to move back into the room. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not, because that's the room that has yeah. the fucking yeah. food in it. Uh, Can you go into Ava's room? Yeah, I might go into Ava's room. I have the movement, and I'm going to cast Sickening Radiance right here. Right in the middle, yep. Yep. So, sorry to those dolls, but everything in that room, apart from Bobbit or Alessandra, whichever one you're going as at the moment... Needs to make a constitution saving throw. Yep. So that is a 5 for the bulb clone. And yep. for the hags, that is 20, 12, oh and 23. So um, one of those fails. Yep, baggy nano. Uh, and the bulb clone fails. Uh, that is 4d10 radiant damage. And she gets a level of exhaustion. Uh, that is a good roll, actually. I'm glad you're the one killing Bulb off because I'd have felt really bad if I had to do it. <laughs> 25 Radiant. And whoever failed gets a level of exhaustion and is now glowing. Yep. Okay. So it cannot turn invisible. So 25 damage, was it? Ah, uh, yes, 25 damage. Okay. And Bulb is also exhausted and he gets. 25. Okay. Alright. And now, unfortunately, Sir Lucian had better not go in there. Yeah, that's fair enough. Until, until my next turn when I can drop the spell. Yep. So it is Sir Lucian's turn. He's going to run into the doorway without going into uh, the ray of. without going into the sickening light you've summoned. And he's yep. going to hurl a javelin of Widow Boat three times. Each. Because he's got three extra attacks now. And he hits 
her twice, but not on the third. And deals. And deals. Oof. Uh, 32 points of damage to her. Hurling his javelins as she blasts. <laughs> as the javelin hits her. Okay. It is now uh, the Hag Lair's turn. So the uh, Hags all get to take Lair actions. Uh... So Baggy Nana is going to uh, look right at Bobbit. And uh... she points at Bobbit and shouts, Be gotten with you, little well! And I need Bobbit to make a DC 15 charisma save, please. Okay, because it's a magic effect, I do get advantage on it. Yes, it is. Okay, so I'm going to take a Christmas save, it is. Yep. So that's going to be 17 plus 9. Yep. So I believe I'm fine. fine. Did she just try to strap banish my ass? She did. Oh, that's mean. It is uh, Widow Groat's turn. And she is going to choose Sir Lucian. Bobbit and Onyx, who are the only three people she can see. She raises her hands and she says, Take a hike! <laughs> and starts lifting them off the ground with telekinesis. Um, I need... I'm on the roof. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to lift you off the roof. Yeah. I need fair, Alexander, fair. Uh, Onyx, and Solution to make con saves, please. That's a net 20, so that becomes a 30. Yep. Um, I also rolled a net 20, thanks to my advantage on magical saves. Alright, let's see how... <laughs> That's Sir Lucian mine's, only a 20, mine's only a 23, though. That is a net 20 for Sir Lucian. Jesus! <laughs> no! The rules so, are gravity you lift, slow, you lift slightly off the ground, and then drop back down, and the hag just goes... It is uh, Peggy Deadfell's turn, and she is going to point at Sir Lucian and say, Go live with your ego! And he's going to make a charisma save. Oh, oh no. Fuck. Okay. He, well, this is where we lose him. He rolled an eight, and yeah. Peggy Deadfell's laughs. <laughs> Sir Lucian screams as he is banished to the ethereal plane. Oh, cool. Well, that's him going for the next at least minute. Okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. It is yeah. now Zimborn's turn. So was that their turns? Or... Yeah. That, no, I mean... that was their lair action. That was not their turn. Now it's your oh, turn. God. Their, their actual turn is after your turn. Oh, okay. God. Uh, In that case... Um, that's concentration... That is not concentrational. Okay, I like that. Uh, Zinhorn is going to pick his head to the corner. Yep. And is going to uh, construct in his maelstrom a tidal wave. Ooh, nice. Nice combo. Okay, so they're all going to make their saves. Deck saves. Yep. The bulb clone does it with disadvantage because he's locked in his cage. Um, doesn't 
Does exhaustion give Baggy Nana it does. disadvantage as well? It, it does. does. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, Bulb's in his cage, so he gets disadvantage. He rolled a 15. Really bad about the Bulb. <laughs> Baggy Nana rolls a <laughs> 7 with her disadvantage. Good. And the other two hags got a 19 and an 18. So those yeah. two saved. Um, so... Eight, oh damn! Sixteen, oh, nineteen points of damage, and half as much for a save. Yep. And also, uh, Baggy Nana and Bog Clone are knocked prone. Yeah, oh, in, the nice. <laughs> in the maelstrom. In the maelstrom, oh. yes. Oh, well, the fact that I, I, re- I feel really bad that the one time I've decided to go into an actual melee form, I can't actually do anything with it because I take damage if I go down there. <laughs> so but, is, oh well. It is now the hag's turn. So okay, at the start of their, their turn, turn, they need to make the sa- the um, constitution save. Yep. <laughs> and the maelstrom save is no, going. My, my, my one's at the end of their turn, so do theirs first, and I'll catch up with you once they're done. <laughs> so that is a six. That's a pass. Seven, uh, 16 for Baggy Nana. Oh, this is the con save for, Bolt, con- okay, for, cool. for Onyx's spell. So that is a 16, a 17, and a 22. Okay, they're all saves, unfortunately. And now uh, they're Bulb. Uh, oh, yeah, Bulb is there too, isn't he? Uh, but he yeah. hasn't started his turn yet. He's on a different initiative now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. It is now, it is, they're now going to roll the save. Well, it's the same save for both yeah. spells, so actually, yeah, they save. Save for both. Yeah, so they yeah. save. Um, the seventeen, uh, the sixteen does not save from me. Okay, so isn't that... yours a strength save? Mine is a strength Wait, save. Yeah. A strength save. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, mine's Dex. So that's a seven for that's a seven <laughs> for Baggy Nana. So that's a fail. Oh, Baggy Nana. And no, that screw is her. A twenty-one <laughs> and a nineteen for the other two. Alright, no, so no. back in Nana takes 6d6 bludgeoning and is pulled towards the middle of the maelstrom. Yep. Good. Go ahead, roll with her. <laughs> oh my, um, 5, 9, 13, um, 16, 18, 20 point, uh, 20 bludgeoning damage. Back in Nana screams, ah! And she pulls closer to the centre of the Maelstrom, and oh, she's looking quite beaten up at this point. Good. Okay, <laughs> it is Baggy Nana's turn. Um, before you do yep. that, all three, oh, right. everyone down there needs to make deck saves. Yep, excluding uh, Bolt, because it's not start of his turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a 16 for Baggy Nana. Nope. A nat 20, and yeah, yeah, we'll a 21. Okay, well, it's just Baggy Nana getting beaten up now. <laughs> Three, six, five. Ten, hey, if we kill Baggy Nana, yeah. I think that's the end of the. Yeah, mm, pretty sure that's how it works. Uh, unfortunately, that's only going to be eight points of. Uh, oh. damage was it? Eight. Necrotic damage, that one. Yeah. She's screaming as the necrotic energy eats her skin, and somehow she's just barely holding on. Let me get. I'm guessing she had like nine HP when that hit, didn't it? You'll, you'll find out. It is yeah, her turn. She is going to 
She is going to use her movement to stop being thrown. She climbs to her feet. And she uses Polymorph on herself. Counter spell. Counter spell. Oh, look. We have music. Actually, music, yeah. Music by last spell slot for counter yep. spell, though. So, sure. Counter spell. At this point, uh, Peggy Deadbells uses her reaction to cast counter spell on your counter spell. Oh, cast counter spell. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck, there's one more. Widow Groat will use her reaction to cast counter spell on your counter spell. I mean, we just burnt a shitload of their. Yeah, they things, but at the same time, god damn it, that's so... They laugh <laughs> as Baggy Nana turns into a T-Rex. God damn it. And then uses her movement, the rest of her movement, to stomp up the stairs towards where Alessander is. You know what? I'm not even mad about that. Actually, yeah, what's the what's the movement? Because it's all difficult terrain down there. Yes, she gets stuck here. She doesn't actually get up the stairs. Aha, uh, no. So you're still gonna have to take more damage, you bitch. It is Widow Groat's turn. She raises a hand and sends out a mage hand, which, which uh, holding a small brass key, unlocks no. the padlock on the bold clone's cage. No. Oh no, Letting him out. This is what's gonna scare me. <laughs> Swear to Christ, if you make me fight Bulb, I will end you. Because <laughs> if he's still a druid, I've seen what Zinhorn can do. And oh, then, yeah. using her actual real, using her actual action, she points her finger towards Bobbit and casts Eye Bite. Her eyes That's become rude. an inky void imbued with dread power. She needs Bobbit to please make a Wisdom save. Okay, what's the um? Do we have a thing for what the, what the yeah, I'm save just, is? I'm just I... calculating it now because it's different mm. for a coven. Twelve mm. plus int mod plus. Damn it! Okay, I got a fifteen. But I doubt that's going to be enough. No, because it's it's twelve plus int mod, which is plus four, so it's sixteen. Yes. So, uh, oh, good. What does that do? Okay. She gets to choose one of the following effects for the next yes. minute, which she is concentrating on, and on each of her turns until the spell ends, she can use an action to target another creature, but can't target a creature again if it has succeeded on the saving throw against this. Okay. Uh, she says, Have a nap, child! And Bobbit, you fall unconscious. Oh, fuck. Let me guess, I'm guessing yep. I'm not, wait, am I still on the roof, nope, or how does this drop, work? you drop off the roof, fall oh, down, Oh god, and... if I'm unconscious, I'm gonna lose the fucking... Wait, am I still in the were-tiger form? How does that work? No, you're unconscious. You are knocked Shit. out of your were-tiger form, you fall off the roof, and take oh, nine points of bludgeoning damage. Would that wake me up? Ah, uh, let me see. Oh, so uh, that's a non-magical bludgeoning, so that would be halved. Yes, that is hard. So that is actually five points of bludgeoning. And let me just see if that would indeed wake you up. Uh, Sucks. Uh, no, it is a magical sleep, and the only way to wake you up is when the spell either runs out or someone uses an action to shake you awake. Oh, good. So Lucian's gone and I'm unconscious. That's... Which, which one did the banish? Uh, so Lu uh... It was, I believe, Peggy Deadbells. 
Uh, and which one? And it was Widow that's actually, now. Actually, yeah. if that isn't ba is banishment a concentration spell? It, it is. is. No, it's not, actually, it's not actually the banishment spell. It's a lair action, which you can just banish someone oh, until the next lair action. Of um, course. It is Peggy Deadbell's turn, and she is going to cast. Actually, uh, she's not prone. So she is going to move... Let me see what her movement is. Because you have made it quite difficult for them. What do you can do? She's going to use her fly speed to fly above the difficult terrain. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. She can now see Onyx. And she is going to cast Phantasmal Killer on Onyx. Yeah. I need Onyx to make a Wisdom save, it's DC 16. Fuck. Okay, let's see here. Oh yeah, it's Wisdom. Shit. Uh, that's a 16! I have a 14 and a 15 and my Wisdom mod is plus one. Yeah, okay, that is a pass. She casts Phantasmal oh, Killer and you see strange, eldritch shapes begin to form around you, but you shake your head and dispel them. Okay, it is. Oh. It is now Bobbit's turn. Well, I'm un um, I'm unconscious. So. Yep. So it is n uh, now Bolt Clone's turn. Bobbit was on the ground, wasn't she? Yes. My spell's still up. Yep. So oh, she still cool. gets her turn, and because she's unconscious, I'm sorry. All those saves with disadvantage. Wait, wouldn't it cancel out? Because I have saves against magic. Well, oh, yeah. Against magic well, yes. So yeah, just normal. Okay, so this is now officially backfired. So yeah. I'm saving against just the sickening radiance. How yep. many times have you been on the roof and been knocked out? Twice. Which <laughs> is more. It doesn't sound like a lot until you realize that's probably more times than it should happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what? What's this? Uh, so it was a. It's a constitution. And for what am radiance. I saving against? 16. Okay. That one won't. Come on. Please stop. Don't screw me over. Yeah, nope. Those were both nines because, of course, why not? Mm. Just, uh, yeah. Yep. Feel free to go ahead. Suck. Well, this uh, won't be up at least. I'm taking more damage from this crap. Ah, uh, no. 20. <laughs> 20 radiant. Oh, good. Good. And you never have exhaustion until the spell ends. Cool, so I have two levels of exhaustion. I will then. allow you to make a constitution save to try to wake up. Uh, let me just work out how much HP I have because that kills off my all my remaining temporary. You said minus 20. Yep. Cool. Bam, that's gone. Okay, so you said a con save to try and wake up? Yep. Okay. Come on, please. Actually, no, no, no. We're going to use the, this one instead because this one's our friend. Okay, that's yeah. a non-nat twenty. Yeah. Okay, non-nat twenty. You. Uh, so, you... what does two levels of exhaustion give me? Because I, uh, I only know the. Yep. Let me look up two levels of exhaustion. Okay, so two levels of exhaustion. Your speed is halved. Ah! Oh, yay! Cool. Cool. Okay, so it is the bold clone's turn. He uses his uh, movement to stop being... Doesn't he have to do all the saves before oh, he does, yes. Now that the thing's open. Yep, he's mm, going yeah. to make his saves. Okay, so I'm going to go through the saves. First is the con save. It is a five. 
He fails. Let me roll the damage again. Three, six, seven. Jeez, that was really shit. Um, 13 radiant damage, and he has a second level of exhaustion. Yep, well, you know that Bolg's not very good at con. Uh, next yeah. is the strength save. That is a nat 20. <laughs> exactly 20. Of course, of course. The one and... time he's ever going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and the dex save is uh, a 15. Okay, so that one fails at least. Oh, wait. The oh, if I, no, if I was knocked unconscious, yeah, I've lost the... Yep. Son of a bitch! So he uses his movement to uh, come... He... Bro yeah. he uses his movement to climb to his feet. And that's it, he can't move anymore because his speed is now halved. And then he casts Dispel Magic, dispelling Onyx's... Uh, Dispelling Onyx's Blight. And then... I'll take that. Reaches into his coat. And... He pulls out a... Uh, small little wilted flower. And oh. tosses it over the room. So that it lands in the room behind Bobbit. And then that's oh, the end good. of his turn. Um, Bobbit... You don't have that second level anymore because the spells the spell's gone. So yeah. you don't have that second level. Oh, okay, so I'm still down. And so I've only got the one. Yeah. Nor does Bob. Nor does I'm just annoyed because I, I set myself up so I could do like melee stuff, and I've lost all of that now. I have to start again, which would take like two whole turns just to set up, which is annoying as all shit. It is Zinhorn's turn. Ah. Uh... Oh, sorry, it is Ava's turn. I'm yeah, I'm very confused then. Uh, okay, Ava is going to fly forward to the door, and shooting through the door, she's going to target the T-Rex, because she's going yep. to try and break concentration. Yep. So, does she have the height advantage here? Oh, cause she, she does. Actually, does? Well, okay. the T-Rex is as tall as her, so no. No, okay. Well, either way... Uh, that's, uh, 20. Unnatural. Yep, so that is a hit. Yep, okay, so that was the one that she favoured Fode. So, why do you keep rolling ones on the fucking D8? Uh, seven piercing, two psychic, five favoured foe, so that becomes nine, 14 damage altogether, 14 damage. which means she has to make it 10. Constitution yep. save. She's gonna roll that, and that is an 11. Son of a bitch! Uh, and then a second attack is a 25. 25, that is a hit. Roll the damage. And that's 10 damage. 10 so damage, okay. Another 10. Yep. Let's roll that. That is a 19. <laughs> of course. Uh, and then Ava's gonna fly back into the room. Yep, very well. Fair. Okay, it is Onyx's turn. Onyx is going to run to the doorway. Yep. Then he's going to cast... Uh, I'm looking at the wrong character sheet. Um, Chaos Bolt at third level. And he's also going to spend three sorcery points. 
Yeah, I'm casting at third level, so that's three sorcery points. Uh, let me just take that off. Uh, to shoot a Chaos Bolt at the T-Rex and at um, the one that's going to be right in front of me. Yep. Uh, yep. Peggy did well. Okay, so that's two attack rolls. Go ahead. Uh, that is a 17 on the T-Rex and a 19 on the hag right in front of me. Both hit. Both hit. Okay, uh, now I need the fault roll. So this is going to be three D6s. And two D8s. Okay, so that is a three and a six. What damages are they? That is fire or poison. I'm going to take the fire damage. 19. Uh, and that is 19 damage to both of them. Fire. Yep. 19 damage to both of them. Nice. Okay. Right. Um, and that's... I am then... I need to mark off that I use a third of the spell slot, sorry. Um, then I'm going to use my bonus action to summon my shadow right behind Peggy Deadbells. Yep. Then I'm going to walk forward. Um, can that T-Rex please do its constitution saving throw? Yep. Uh, just adding stuff. Okay. Yeah, no problem. going to do its constitution save. Uh, that is a 29. Of course. Uh, uh, Onyx is going to walk forward, use his action surge. Yep. And with his sunblade, he is going to whack Peggy Deadbells twice, hopefully. Yes. And that's advantage because it's flanking. Uh, that's a nat 20. <laughs> Yeah, nice. <laughs> Good. Get out. Mess her up. Okay. Uh, 1d8 plus 1d8 of Radiant. Ah, hold on. Wait. Uh, no, no. She... Uh, is she undead? I don't think she's... She's, she's a hand. not undead. No, she's a Okay, so she doesn't get that Perfectly extra 1d8. So, that is 6 plus 4, 10... Plus two, so 12 radiant damage. 12 radiant damage, yep. Oh, so 24, sorry. 24, yep, okay. Yep. And then second attack. Oh, that was so close to another nat 20. Uh, that's 29. <laughs> 29, that is a hit. <laughs> uh, um, and then... D8. Uh, four plus four, eight, ten. Uh, that's ten, another ten radiant. Ooh, okay, she's looking quite bloodied at this point. And I'm just standing there with my shield up, blocking yep. her in here. So Lucian is still banished. Of course. So we go to the lair actions. Oh, at good. this point, Sir Lucian appears back in the material plane as Peggy Deadbell's last. Ha ha ha! 
and then she points her finger at Zinhorn. Zinhorn, please make a charisma save. Oh no. That is a charisma save. That is an 18. 18, that is a pass. And then Widow Groat selects uh, Onyx, Zinhorn, and Bobbit. She begins to lift them off the floor with her telekinesis, cackling like a maniac. <laughs> I need you all to please make, uh, what was it, uh, constitution saves. I got a net one, so that's an 11. Yep. That's a natural uh, 20, so a 24. 21 for me. 21, okay. So you, uh, Zinhorn and Bobbit pass, Onyx does not. Onyx is flung 30 feet across the room. 5, yeah. 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Flung right into the tape, into one of the tables and the balcony and takes 12 points of bludgeoning damage from that. Okay, so that brings me down to this. Okay. And Baggy Nana does not get lair actions as she's currently a T-Rex. It is simple yeah. to her. Joke's on you, I'm closer to the fucking T-Rex, I can do more damage. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that Onyx is there, that changes my plans. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't my fault this time. <laughs> is, is there any of the AoE spells even going at this point? How's this yeah, work? Maelstrom's still yeah, going. Yeah, Maelstrom's still e going. Yeah, so how far, where does Maelstrom sort of like, because it's 30 foot... So it fills um, the whole room. It basically, yeah. this oh, entire that... room is contained within. So the bottom layer, because it's yeah, only bottom five layer. foot. Yeah. So where Onyx is then, so... Yeah, so, so well, Onyx in... is now in the Maelstrom, yes. Great. <laughs> My other plan was now to do a... I was adding on another layer of area effect. Just do it. I have ways to get out of you. Oh, um, yeah. Next um, to the shadow, I guess. This is an instant hit, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Well... What I'm going to do is, instead of trying to hit... Baggy Nana, I'm going to get your clone, but I think it's I think that's better after than so I'm going to Ice Storm, which has a 20-foot radius, and get the clone, Groat, and Peggy. Yep. Alright. They're going to make their saves. Deck saves. That is a 17 for the clone. And for Peggy, that is a 21. God damn it. And for Widow? And for Widow Groat, that is a 15. So Widow Groat takes the full amount, the others yes, take half. So that is uh, 12 points of bludgeoning. Yep. And. That is five, ten, twelve, fourteen points of cold damage. My shadows and the shadows gone, and all yeah. that area is also now even more so 
difficult to run. Jesus Christ. Probably good, your shadow stance, oh, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. He rolled a 20 on the dex save, but if he still takes half damage, he only has 1 HP. Yeah, yeah. okay. But that's fine. <laughs> and then, for good measure, bonus action, gonna have the vine slash out at Widow Groat. Lovely. <laughs> Right, so is the vine thing like a bonus action thing? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Good, 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 because I also have idea now. <laughs> um, what am I adding on to this again? Uh, four, so that makes it a 16. 16. That is unfortunately not a hit. <sighs> natural hag skin deflects the blow. Okay. And then just duck back into the room a little bit and duck down so I'm out of sight. Yep, very well. Okay. It is the enemy's turn. Baggy oh. Nana the T-Rex charges up the stairs. Well, uh, don't they have to do the saves? Yeah. Oh yeah, it does, yes. Save before you wreck. Maelstrom. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Come on, uh, please, so just fail one so you can... save, that is a... Oh, it's a T-Rex, that's not gonna fucking... Yes, uh, it's 27. It draws and charges up to Bobbit, and it goes for a bite attack. Ah, this will stick. Wait. That is a nat 20. Okay, first question first. None of... Because it's a regular-ass T-Rex, nothing it's going to do is going to be considered magical, is it? Nope, nope. Good. But it's still a nat 20, so it's just... I'm I'm just trying to take whatever fucking grim silver linings I can get out of this situation. So that is 45 piercing damage as it... Bites into Wait, you. isn't that uh, hard? Because nah. no, no, because it would have been done. It was a crit, so it doubled. Yeah. So it got forty-five normally. Yeah, yeah. A, a T Rex's bite is like 60-12s or something. Well, well, Twelve just... plus seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, for fuck's sake! You are now restrained, held in yeah. T Rex's mouth. It's then going to make a tail attack on Onyx, yep. and that yeah. is a twenty-five. Are uh, you? No, that would. Equal my armor class here, don't worry. Yep. So, Onyx, you take 24 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay, look. Uh, Widow Groat is up next. And she is going to cast. Oh, yeah, she has to make a strength save first. <laughs> Out of third level spell slots entirely. Because of all the counter spells that you made them use up. That is yes. a 12. Okay. That is five, Good. nine, thirteen, uh, thirteen, and four is seventeen. Seventeen. And, uh, eighteen and uh, twenty-four. Ooh, nice. Okay, so that. And pulled into the middle. Yep, and she's pulled into the middle, sucked towards the maelstrom. Okay, she is going to cast, uh, let's see, uh, she's going to cast a fourth level lightning bolt. Counterspell. Yep, alright, counterspell. Um, she doesn't have any spots left in the counterspell, that's her oh, turn that's done. That's a shame. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trusting a lightning bolt when I'm in water. Yeah, that's entirely <laughs> fair. I was going to... Considering my, my turn was meant to be next, my whole plan was use Vine to pull you out and then do my own lightning bolt. But hey, I'm being eaten alive, so you know, fuck that plan, am I it's right? It's Peggy Deadbell's turn, and she's looking quite beaten up. 
So she shouts, if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me! <laughs> oh, she good. Oh, yeah, runs, suicide bombers. She runs up to Sir Lucian, and she attempts to grapple him. Does she have enough oh, no. of difficult terrain? Well, it's not difficult terrain where she is. Ice Storm got her? Oh, wait, yes it is. Yeah, no, she's still yeah. got enough roots. Got, that means she's got okay. just yeah. enough space. Ah! So oh, she's God, going, she's going full sediment on them. She's going to grapple him. And that is a 16 on her athletics. I'm going to roll nah. his. Now, remember, he gets plus 11. Actually, no, he doesn't. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, yeah, no, he's proficient, so he gets plus 11. So I'm going to roll for him. For the love of God, Sir Lucy, do not fuck this up. He rolled a four. Four plus 11 I is... For fuck's sake. So she grapples him. She grapples him, and then she uses plane shift shift them both into the plane of fire, killing them. Oh, for f- And Lucian is down. His god sacrifices itself to restore him to life. As cool, he, so he's now uh, just without a god. He appears once again back in the material plane, looking around and looking a little bit singed, but not worse for wear. It is now Bobbit's turn. I have had enough with all of this. Just this entire goddamn thing. So you know what? She I'm in the mouth of the T-Rex. Yeah, pretty much. Just straight up bubble beat his ass. Okay, so I'm, I'm stuck inside this T-Rex's mouth, correct? Yes, you are grappled. I, yeah, I can't get out, correct? You could try. It is an escape. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I don't want to get out. I'm right where I need to be. Because now we have a T-Rex that can't dodge anything I throw at it. <laughs> nice. So, while technically I'm restrained, can I use my vine to grab something off of me? Yes. Good! I'm going to use my vine to grab a bead of fireball off my neck and <laughs> throw it down its fucking throat. Okay, um, it's going to roll Go ahead, roll a deck save on the inside, shithead. It's going to roll it with disadvantage, and that is an 11. How and you're going yeah. to roll yours with disadvantage. I, I don't I don't care. I'm getting eaten alive regardless. But mine is also a mine's a pass though because it's okay, a nineteen. Okay, so yep, yours is a pass. It is not. So go ahead and roll your fireball. Take six goddamn d six. Burn your insides out. Even if it doesn't kill it, as long as it breaks the fucking concentration. Yeah, it would be yeah. nice. Yeah, it's weird. I'm pretty sure this is the second time I've done this. Yep. <laughs> and oh, come on, what is that for rolls? That's terrible. So it's Isn't that 8 Is it 8d6 or 6 oh, It's shit. the same as Lightning Bolt, it's 8d6. Oh, 8d6. Yeah, we don't want to board for voice to do it. Roll. Oh, yeah, I can just do a 2d6 then. Alright, so 19 plus. 19 plus 8, so that's 27 points of fire damage. Ooh! Okay, and it's gonna make he's gonna make the concentration check. Um, be a, a Sixteen. So how much no, points of fire 18. damage? How much points of fire damage was it? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Oak. Oh. Ow. Okay. Uh. All right. Um. I'm going to roll the concentration save. That's oh, a thirteen. Sorry. It is a twenty-two. Hmm. 
But T-Rex is getting closer. T-Rex is looking quite beaten up at this point, so... Yeah, great. I'm still stuck inside the damn thing, so we'll be... Is now Bold Clone's turn. He casts... Yep, he's going to make his save. Strength save, which he's not good at. That's a nat one. <laughs> good. Um... Four, eight... Uh, Fourteen. Fourteen. Seventeen. And two is nineteen. Okay. Nineteen. Alright, he casts Transport Fire Plant, reaches into his coat, pulls out another wilted daisy and touches it, and appears in the room behind Bobbit. You f- fucker, I always wanted Bob to do that. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he uses his movement to run up behind... Uh, where Bobbit is grappled by the and T-Rex. Bobbit is, yeah, Bobbit's in inside the T-Rex's mouth, so... And he uses his bonus action to cast Flame Blade. Oh, good. Which he can't well, attack, so he can't attack, but no. he has conjured the Flame Blade. It's come into existence, spurting out of his hand. It is now Ava's turn. Ava is going to fly to the doorway. Yep. Make two shots at the T-Rex. Yep. Uh, not advantage, so I'm just going to roll the two dice and see what I get. 24 and 16. Uh, let me see. Uh, I believe they both hit. Yes, they do. They both hit. Okay, so the first attack is... That's a better physical... <laughs> oh, pardon me. Jeez. Uh, let me just scroll back up to where her stats are, sorry. Um, 11 physicals, 4 for the favoured foe, Yep. and 1 for the psychic, so that's 16. 16, nice. Uh, very nice indeed. A 10 constitution save, please. Yep. Uh, let me see. Monty Rex. That is a 21. T-Rex has a very good con. Yep, um, and then, uh, that's 7 plus 6, that's, uh, 13 physical damage from the second attack. Yep. So, once again. Make a save. Yeah. That is a exactly 10. Damn it, it meets it. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> really? really what? Uh, uh, and then she flies back into the room. Yep. Okay, it is Onyx's turn. Onyx is... Oh yeah, I need to make a strength save because I'm in the... Unfortunately. Uh... That's fine, that's fine. Uh... (laughs) Fucking saves, that's a nat one. Oh, for fuck's sake. So is this just the rule Oh, that's okay. I rolled full ones out of six. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, that's good. The, one, the, other, uh, the, the other two are five, so that's 13. That brings me down to that. Okay. So I'm prone and sucked into the middle of the geyser, I guess. Yes. Yep. Uh, ah, right next to Don't worry. Oh, I'm fine. I'm just. That's fine. Running. I still have spells for this. <laughs> <laughs> I cast magic missile at second level. <laughs> at uh, which brings... or at T Rex? Uh, T Rex. 
because, right, go uh, Yeah, T-Rex, because why the fuck not? Uh, so that's 5d4. That's three of my d4s. Where the fuck do they are? That's exactly how many d4s I have on the table. That is... One, four, seven, eleven, thirteen, plus five, so that eighteen damage. Eighteen T-Rex, damage. T-Rex, you nice. better fucking fail this constitution. Eighteen, how much is it going to roll to... Oh, it's an 18, so it's a 10. Okay. Because um, halved is less well, than 10. Well, it does only have a small handful of HP left at this point. Um, that is a 14. Damn it. Okay, uh, then I'm just going to use my bonus action to um, second wind. Yep, fair enough. And then my movement to stand up, so that yep. I'm not prone next to a fucking hag. <laughs> it is Sir Lucian's turn. So Lucian grabs his sword and charges. 5, 10, 15, 20. Oh, he can't even. That's alright. He's just going to hurl three javelins at the T-Rex from where he is. Okay, that is a, a hit all three times. So that is 7 plus... Ooh. Okay, he deals 41 points of damage to the T-Rex. Jesus Christ. <laughs> curling his javelins at it. The T-Rex is somehow still up, but it needs to make... Well, those are three separate attacks. And it's yeah, so watch it pass. Saves. Yeah, here so we that go. That is a non-nat 20, a 13, and a 10. <coughs> so it passes all three. Hey! I hate this thing. Jesus Christ, can I come back as a hag? He's then can going to... Can you kill me and come back as a hag? Actually, uh... <laughs> He looks over at you guys, and M1 is asking me getting a long rest after this. Fucking hope so. Okay, in that <laughs> case, he's using his uh, action surge and throwing three more javelins at it. Good God. That is a nat 20 on the first. Woo! A 17 on the second. And a 31 on the third. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All up, that is... 46... Plus... 8... 16... 24... 32... That is... Uh, 55 points of damage to the T-Rex. He hits it, knocking it out of its T-Rex form, and baggy Nanus falls on the floor. Ah! She's looking like she's nearly dead. Yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that her turns before mine, I'd have been really happy with that news. It is <laughs> now, uh, it is now the lair action turn. Oh god, help me. Widow Groat is going to, uh, let me see. Widow Groat is going to point at Onyx and make a, and force him to make a charisma save. Okay, let's see how this goes, everybody. That is a 17 plus 8. That is a pass. Good. Baggy Nana points at Onyx and forces him to make a charisma save, trying to banish him. She's... Somebody's not a fan. That is a 13 plus 8. 13 plus 8, you are fine. 21. 
Okay. Ah, it is Zinhorn's turn. How much health is Bob missing? Um, you know what? A lot after the whole fireball bit. Yeah, but you're no longer restrained <laughs> by a T-Rex, so... Yeah, but I still have to fend off at least one more turn before I get a chance to actually do anything to it. So yeah, on a scale of 1 to, say, 105, I'm sitting on a rough 36. <laughs> right, so... Zinhorn's going to get his vine just to sneak away along. Yep. And brush up against the back of Bubbit's neck. Yep. And Zinhorn's going to focus all of his energy and cast Heal through the vine. Ooh! As in, wait, Heal? That's in Heal? Nice. Heal? Yeah, he has that. As in Health Heal. He oh, has that. This is, okay, this is so why I'm now... This is why I tested with Cure Wounds. Okay, I I love heal. I always did. Wow, I am now majestically back to full fucking health. Yep. (laughs) Well, then. It is now the enemy's turn. Baggy Nana, who is left on a grand total of four hit points, (laughs) decides, I'm going to take you with me, like my sister. (laughs) As he runs oh, forwards and attempts to grapple Bobbit. That is a non-natural 23 on her athletics check. You may oppose it with athletics or acrobatics. Okay, so I have to make at least a 19 because I get a plus 4 to athletics. Right, so uh, keep at least one spell handy for counter spell. Yeah, um, I'm going to use an inspiration point. Go ahead. Damn son bitch. Shit, that's a 19! 19! That's 19 plus 4, so that matches, so I... She is unable to grapple you. She wraps her arms around you and you kick away from her. Oh, Oh, can we just have, like, the timing that Bobbit looks like she's, like, ridiculously beaten up, and as she goes to grapple, Bobbit just all of a sudden heals up and just stares straight at her. stares straight at her and Baggy (laughs) Nana shouts... Don't you know how to respect your elders? And instead, she's just going to go with her claws attack. Oh, please. Please that do. That is an oh. 11 to hit. And so Bobbit just, Bobbit dodges just stops out of the her. Way. Oh, yeah. No, Bobbit just stands there and lets her, lets her try. Just bounces off her, just like, mm mm. Guess who's next? It is Widow Groat's turn. Yeah, hurry up and get Strength up with that save. one. Yep, save. Yes, Drake save. Widow Groat. Great save. That mm-hmm. is a 20 non-nat. Ah. Oh, Finally. Uh, she casts a fifth level lightning bolt at, uh, in the direction of Onyx. Yeah, there we go. Need hey. Onyx to make a deck save, please. Wait, wouldn't her casting lightning in a maelstrom hurt her as well? Indeed it will. Uh, that's an eight. Eight, that is eight. So I'm going to double the lightning bolt damage because it's in the maelstrom and this affects So she's going to make her deck, her own deck save. And that is a uh, 12, so she failed her own deck save. Ah, I see, she's only super powerful against other people's spells, but we to her own. The coterie's just been demolished, there's only two of them. Yeah, so that is uh, 64 points of lightning damage to both Onyx and Widow Grove. So that 
that was the double damage? Yes. Somehow and it was 60, 62, was it, sorry? 64 points. 64? Somehow she is still up, but looking oh. like she could barely remain on her feet as she just lazily drips in the maelstrom. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is a stupid bitch. <laughs> it is Bobbit's turn. I was going to say, is Onyx still up? Yep. Your turn's before their lair action thing, isn't it? it yep. Is. Good, I will happily leave that to you, because Robert <laughs> is standing there over an incredibly wounded-looking hag with a very, very angry look at him, blank yeah, look on her face, and a stick. Yeah, she has 4 HP left. Good! So all I have to do clone there. <laughs> yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. First things first, though, Robert is going to, with just a free action to talk, just look at begging Anna and go, are you the one that stole Bob's feather? Mm. She looks at you, and she says, <laughs> Black one from the owl, <laughs> put in the cauldron. Boil, toil, double and trouble. <laughs> he gets halfway through that sentence, and Bobbit clocks her over the head with a 22 to hit. Yep, that is a hit. <laughs> Roll your damage to see how badly you kill her. And that is... 4 plus 7, so that's 11 points of damage. 11 points yeah, of she's... damage, you just clock her, ah! and she tumbles down the stairs and falls limp at the bottom. Hmm. Yeah, she barely just looks and says, thank you for letting her know that. And then just, <laughs> and then has the whole realisation of who she's standing next to and goes, please don't make Bobbit do this. <laughs> it is the Bulb clone's turn. That's why I said, please don't make her do this. <laughs> so first, he is going to attack with his flame blade. Oh yeah, he has one of those. Yes, he's going to make a melee spell attack with it. So that is plus eight hits. Yeah. Well, it's a nat 20 anyway. So he oh, yeah. <laughs> With um, full health, that doesn't mean I have to be happy about what just happened there. So that is uh, 3d6 doubled. So that is uh, 26 points of fire damage. I can't say, sir. He is then going to... Let me just see what spells I've queued up for him. Uh, he is then going to use his wild shape to transform into a... I want that to show up. I had the th to come on, show up on the DM screen. I want to beat people up. No. He transforms into a giant crocodile. Might more help me. <laughs> <laughs> and now it is uh, Ava's turn. Ava is going to step towards the door and actually how much movement does she have? Uh, Should be 60 fly. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Can she fly to Onyx, pick Onyx up and then drop him over here? Sure she can. She flies into the middle of the room, picks Onyx up and drops him on the on the balcony in front of the door where he originally started the battle. Uh, yeah, that'll be her turn. Alright, it is now Onyx's turn, and he's still prone, and he's used movement to get up. 
Uh, I moved. I used movement at the oh, end of my that, turn sorry. last time. Yep. So you're uh, fine. I'm, I'm gonna lightning lure her. Ah. Okay. Whoa. She has to make a strength saving throw. She's going to make a strength save. That is a twenty-three. Fucking bitch. Night um, tags have a plus four to their strength for some reason. Jesus. Oh, okay. Actually, pretty strong. Well, that was a waste of my action. I was trying to flex. It didn't work. Do you want to know how much HP she has left? Two. Damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I don't have any bonus spells. Um, I just wasted my turn. I wanted to flex and I failed. Um, <laughs> it I'm is, sorry. I, I may have just killed one of us. It is Lucian's turn. And <laughs> knowing what cool. happened last time, he knows he should stay away from her, but just the same he knows hit her, so he roars, ah, leaps over the side of the balcony and runs towards her, and goes in to hit her with his sword. Strength save. Strength save for Lucian, he can pass <laughs> that. Uh, that will be a 29 <laughs> Lucian. Oh god. <laughs> I tried to, f oh, my phone's gone off. That's I'll be back. I can tell you who that is, because I know who that's going to be. He got a 16, a 24, and a nat 1. But just the same, he still hits her twice and deftly lops off her head. Okay. So, this yeah, we leaves just have the to bolt alone. But as, as Widow grow, do, goes down, Bobbit turns and looks at the giant crocodile that is the bolt clone. It opens its great toothy maw to roar, and then immediately its flesh begins to necrotize. The bold clone is torn back into its base form, and it opens its mouth and screams as all of its feathers begin to turn a deep grey and fall out, leaving a leathery, emaciated birdling wallowing on the ground before you. It looks up at you, Bobbit, and it just says, KILL ME! Oh. Bobbit is, mm, with the absolute regret, pulls out the small dagger she just has on her and just looks and goes, We're gonna bring you back properly next time, Bobbit promises. And just stab, stabs it. Stabs it, lean mm. down, and in a deft motion, slits the creature's throat. It gurgles once, falls to the floor, twitches, and then ceases to move. Combat is over. Bobbit cries and will continue to do so until she can't anymore. Why? There's just a small child, well, I mean, she's technically an adult body, but essentially a small child cradling the remains of the second time in her life, the remains of Bob. As Bobbit weeps, she looks around the room. Two dead hags floating in the shallow dregs of what remains of Zinforn's maelstrom. And in front of the skeleton door, Three small piles of fabric and wood 
the remains of the three dolls. Their souls finally free. Woo. To be sucked into the soulmonger in the next room. Yep. <laughs> um, I presume we survived. Bulbit had to kill put down Bulb. Oh. And now there's two See. Bulbs in the soulmonger. Which is going to make my explanation really interesting if Bulb comes back. Yeah. And so I think that's a good point to leave this week's session. I believe so. <laughs> Yay, Bob is having a mental breakdown. Always a good stop for the night. I would like, uh, I would like Remy to please roll a D100. Oh, son of a bit. Don't, don't put this on me. You know my fucking luck. Oh, oh, okay, kill, oh God, could you imagine if Bob actually kills off Bob once and for all? No, 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 oh, no. It's like no, 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 84. 84. Both bulbs are safe. Well, <laughs> as far as you could consider safe to be in such a place. We have no idea. <laughs> oh, the attendants of the soulmonger of the death god have been slain. The final foe in the dungeon. You are alone. Free to take a long rest and prepare for what awaits oh, beyond God. the skeleton door. The soulmonger and the death lord. is going to summon an air elemental to study that in the long rest. Yep, the long that rest. is fair enough. Mm. it has things she's going to do. We'll wait till the next session to get onto that. <laughs> That's probably fair. I will ask though, does the thing that was the bulb clone, does that have blood? Indeed, it does have blood. I'm going to file that away for later. <laughs> and so, thus concludes this week's session. Our heroes have entered the Cradle of the Death God, defeated its attendants, and next session, the finale of Tomb of Annihilation, where they step into the chamber of the Atropel and test their might against the Soulmonger, the Death God, and its terrible creator, Asarak, in a battle that will decide the fate of the entirety of the Forgotten Realms. We won't be having D&D next week, but we will be back the week after that for the final session of the year, and indeed the final session of this module. The campaign may not be over. I do have some material prepared for after it. Unless, of course, we all die horribly, which, Unless given today's efforts, and it's even, entirely possible. Even if you succeed, I'll still give you the choice as to whether you wish for that to be the end of the campaign or if you wish to continue on. But uh, we, we're not going completely radio silent next week. Next Friday, we are coming back for the second session of our Vampire the Masquerade, the Chicago Chronicles uh, campaign. In fact, the first proper campaign of the first proper session of the campaign with the one we played recently just being the prologue. And so, you have that to look forward to next week. The beginning of one campaign and then, the week after, the possible end of another. It is the time of the Ouroboros here at Dungeons & Dagons. Until then, respect your elders.
Swing save! No. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. No. Everybody swing save! Uh, swing save! Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.